0: Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. Welcome to Friday, the 23rd of February. It gets a little bit chillier outside. I'm not sure if there's snow on the way. They say that there could be snow by Monday of next week, but as I say, I'm not particularly bothered. Darren says bring it on, so I'll say bring it on as well. Uh, The celebrity is getting set for the bun fight in a charity bake-off. There's some good celebrities and there's some, you know, we've really scraped the barrel a little bit. Uh, The Wick Whiskey Industry, keen to quit the single market. The so-called trendy haircuts, which are now banned at one school in Norfolk. Lulu, set to light up the West End at the age of, what? At the age of 69. (laughs) Getting on my nerves now. Uh, Students want compensation as their lecturers uh, go on strike. Trump says give teachers a pay rise to carry guns. So you don't like the pupil? Well, you're out of the equation. You know, and then the pupils go, wait a minute, we've got guns too. <laughs> gets ridiculous, doesn't it? Too dangerous. The airport checks, that mean you can keep your shoes on. I had to take my socks off when I went to America. You get to America now, and uh, if they think you look suspect, and obviously I look suspect, I had to take my shoes off, and then they went, can you take your socks off as well? And I went, Why? And then I had to go through one of those X-ray machines. You've been on one, you know, where you stand there and the machine goes round you so they can see through your clothing. Three times I went through. I loved it. Loved every minute of it. Go on, have a look. Feast your eyes. Take a good look. They do it, they do it when they're doing uh, drugs, people. They've done it on... Uh, what was the programme? It's something like Borderline Australia or something like that, where they, if they think somebody's swallowed, then they, uh, they put them onto the X-ray machine. First of all, they, they, they do a pat-down... Which, again, you know, looks OK. And they sort of tap you under the arm. Well, I've got to cope with that. That's OK. And, uh, and then they go, right, we, we think you might have swallowed. I think the giveaway is profuse sweating and looking as if you're about to die because if one of these pellets opens up... because The, the, the producer's got a metal plate in his left arm. We can rebuild him. And uh, he says he only sets off the scanner at Heathrow nowhere else. Perhaps they're more sensitive. I went through... You know, you know when you, I tell you the one advice. If you're flying today and you're going to the airport, can I advise you to do something? Put everything in your coat pocket and then take the coat off, because they'll make you take your belt off, they'll make you take all the change out of your pockets, in my case, needles, I've got needles on me, so I've got to take those out, and it's just a nightmare, for sort of. and you think, I wish I'd remembered to do this every time, so take the belt off, because they're only going to make you take it off, because time you go through the they beep, 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 and you think, you know. So uh, that's my advice for today. Do you know Trump and that, that gun thing? He gets more. All they want to do is stop selling guns, but there's 300 million guns already out there in America and giving teachers guns. I don't quite see how that's going to solve any problems. They don't think things out, do they? Uh, Rebecca Vardy. I didn't know who it was, actually. She's, she just turned up on Loose Women. They must have had a cancellation or something. They decided to book her on there. She droned on about having a boob job and... Um, as I say, I just kept thinking, you obviously think you're something special, dear. You are crap on the television. You're you're not even worthy enough to be considered a celebrity. You're just somebody who drones on about themselves. You're getting about as boring as Katie Price, who thinks she's seen a ghost. That'll be Peter Andre, I should imagine, coming back to haunt her. Or, or any one of the other men she's uh, she's slept with. Victoria Beckham says she never washes her jeans. That's a bit rude, isn't it? I mean, shouldn't you wash jeans? I would think, because you remember the 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 poor one who can't handle her booze, is uh, is pictured staggering out of a restaurant. It's an old picture. The old picture. I knew it was an old picture because she's got a damp patch down in her crotch, and she says she spilled a drink. You know, because everybody else is going. You've had a, you've had a skinful and you've wet yourself. It's as simple as that. We've all done it. Everybody's done it. Men are constantly seen on the television. You know, going for a wee behind a car or up against a wall or a bin or something like that. Because men have the inability, when they're in a pub or a club, to actually remember to go to the toilet. They should really have matrons standing at the entrance as they leave the club going, have you been to toilet?" Because you have to say that to them because it's an offence to urinate in public. And then I was horrified, horrified, to hear Darren saying that he he didn't like these... He didn't want to ban them, but he didn't like these programmes on the television, like The Benefit Street and Can't Pay Will Take It Away. I love them. I don't like The Benefit Street one. I'm not interested in people who can't get off their fat bums and get out there and do a day's work. That really annoys me more than anything. You know, people, people who don't work and have no intention of working. You know, if there's a medical reason, fair enough. But I'm just not interested in people who are bone idle and play the system. There's a guy the other day. He pretended he was having a stroke so that he could get a free ambulance to hospital to visit his friend. I mean, you know, the thickness of these people, like the people calling, you know, the police about the Kentucky Fried Chicken. They don't come any more dumb than that, do they, really? Uh, If you ask people how much you need to win on the lottery, and they go, OK, you've got £5 million, most people say that's not a great deal of money. And the answer is it's not a great deal of money. £5 million. Pounds. In London, you could buy yourself, you know, a reasonable house. If you want to live in a nice area, if you want to live in Chelsea or you want to live, you know, Highgate or place like that, £5 do doesn't go very far. And then if you want to sort of give up work, which some people do, I would never want to give up work, which obviously will please my boss, no end. Uh, John Travolta, you're the one that I want. Ooh, 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 honey. Uh, confirms that Greece, the 40th anniversary reunion plans, they better shape up wasn't my gang, uh, gag, it was the uh, it was the producers. In fact, we're using a bit too much of his material. He's going to start getting royalties. Unlikely, I think. Uh, drink your milk, you big baby. You'll have to work that one out for a little bit later on. And Gemma Collins, the rude fat bird on the television with the filthy mouth, fails to turn up to a date and leaves a man standing on a station with a box of chocolates. Bit of a waste with her, I think. <laughs> she could eat the factory. And um, and a bunch of flowers. And she failed to turn up, so the train went off without him or her. And uh, that was a bit embarrassing, wasn't it, really? She said, uh, when people were tweeting, saying, how rude are you? The answer is she's filthy rude. She's disgusting. And, uh, and she then goes, oh, you'll have to wait till Sunday for me to tell you the real reason. Why don't you phone him, dear, and have a little bit, of, uh, little bit of politeness? That's why nobody wants to go out with you. You're nasty. Vernon Kaye pictured with his wife Toss on the front page of today's Daily Star. That's a bit ridiculous. The event happened on Wednesday. How late are they at the Daily Stuff? Hardly worth bothering, dears. They say it's the first picture of them together. Well, why don't you go round their house, you'll see them going out all the time. What's the matter with these people? Why are we so obsessed with people's relationships? Why are we so obsessed with, you know, people going out? They've got Gethin Jones, who's 73 or something at the moment, used to be a Blue Peter presenter when I say blue, blue really is the colour. And, uh, and he, he went out with, uh, with Catherine Jenkins. And I think she adored him and all the rest of it. He's 30 now and he went out with one of those bra models. or You know, somebody will get their bits out for anybody. And uh, that's all finished now. So she'll step back into obscurity. Uh, because people are obsessed with it. You know, how do you become famous? Well, first of all, you get a copy of my book. So you want to be a celebrity. It's available on Amazon. It's very reasonably priced. And um, and then and you hang around with somebody who's famous. If you want to be famous, hang around with somebody who gets publicity. So you have to go through the so you'd be you be looking through the papers going, right, who do we hang around with? I suppose to really get a picture taken, you'd have to hang around with with uh, Victoria Beckham. But if you notice, she's never pictured with other people. She doesn't want anybody getting celebrity isms, Dom, on her back. Or on her front, uh, or on her side, or just about anywhere at all. But uh, or you could go out with Brooklyn Beckham. That, that'd give you some publicity. Who else is photographed regularly in the papers? <sighs> Nobody really. Not not anybody on a regular basis. You know, you can guarantee you'll open up the papers, and every day there will be a picture of the Beckhams, either Dave falling over, modelling pants. I mean, that was hilarious to start with, wasn't it? Every man looking at David Beckham in a pair of pants goes, men don't look like that in a pair of pants, dear. They really don't. That looks like you've had sort of something added, like a sock. As in the case of Mr. Teeny down below, Peter Andre. Poor little soul, honestly. Deeply embarrassing, isn't it? Uh, also a salt and vinegar, the culprit in the tooth-wrecking snacks. And it's not just um, um, uh, um, crisps. Fruit tea, apparently, is really bad for you. Fruit tea is terrible. Whereas it sounds delightful, doesn't it, fruit tea? There's people in the office here, snobs, and they have fruit tea. They've got them in, in the cupboard at the bottom. There's an array of people's fruit tea. I just have bog standard, you know, Earl Grey, Lady Grey, breakfast tea, stuff like that. But uh, they have the fruit teas, which is lemon, blackcurrant, green, t- green teas, very popular. I saw a woman in Costco the other day. She bought three items, a stack of cakes and some green tea, and or something else she bought. I was I was more concerned about that she didn't look like she'd be drinking green tea. It's supposed to be very good for you. Does Aussie Boy love it? Yeah, but look at the state of Aussie Boy. I mean, God in you don't want to look I mean, he would be the living proof of don't ever touch green tea. His hair's fallen out. I can say this because he's not in the country at the moment or ever likely to sue because he's got no money. And uh and factually correct, his hair's falling out. It's dropping out. I mean seriously. Mine mine went years ago, but I've still got enough on to go to my hairdresser Kasha. Uh, and to sort of have a little a little tidy up. I was going to have a tidy up today because I'm out this evening and then I decided not to. Uh, Cheryl's PR love machine, apparently she's fuming, fuming that people actually dared suggest that their relationship was a bit bit fake and a bit fraud. It's a bit silly really, she doesn't know how to play the press. Mind you, you know, when she's had a drink, you don't want to tangle with her, she's not very good at all. But we do have a lovely girl today, seven years old, she's raised £150,000 for the hospital which treated her dad. So well done to her. And also the um, the fact that Lulu is going to light up the West End at the age of 69. So she's going into... What are you eating? 42nd Street. You... I didn't say you could give him the quavers. Don't give him the quavers. I've told you, we've done this before with, with APs, and it spoils them. They're not used to this sort of luxury food where they come from. You know... <laughs> I toyed with the idea of either getting those—come up what they're called? What do they call flapjacks? Mm-hmm. Or those, or the things covered in chocolate, which are like crunchy inside with chocolate bits. They look quite nice. And I thought, no, because I might want a couple of those. They're like sort of candy kind of. Anyway, they're lovely. Mm-hmm. I could eat a toffee apple right now. I could absolutely eat a toffee apple. They don't have toffee apples in France, do they? Do you have toffee apples? No. What do you have at the fun fair then? What, what, what would be a, what would be a food? That you would have at the fun fair. We have candy floss and toffee apples. What would the French have? Candy floss you have. Do your pardon? Ah, ah, Oh, right, what is it? Oh, that's candy floss. Oh, right. Is it made the same way as ours? Oh, right. How straight. But you don't have toffee apples. No. You are a bit more sophisticated. It is true, actually to go along with the charade, don't we? Oh, you're so sophisticated. <laughs> yeah, all right. Make a big deal about it. Try and make me feel even worse. <laughs> so what are we doing today? No idea. What do you want to do? What do you want to do at home? Do you want to you sort of, you know, should we, should, we, should we do the papers? Play a game? Do you know, I always think we, we, we should have a game. You know, well, I, you sort of, we have snakes and ladders. And people could phone up and I go, okay, so I'll throw the dice for you. Seven. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, you've gone up a ladder. What do you want to do now? Oh, throw the diets again. And you could do that. I'm sure it's... No, please, we we aren't actually doing that. I'm just mentioning that now because the producer gets very cross. You know, this is not BBC local radio. Might sound it on odd occasions but occasionally some programmes do do that route of, you know, what's your favourite popcorn flavour? (laughs) I made popcorn once, actually. It was quite exciting. Just the popping action I thought was quite exciting. You just put the kernels in. It came with a little... Round thing of whatever it is, oil or something—I don't know—and you put it in there, and all of a sudden it goes. Poof, 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 or you can buy it to do in the microwave. Microwaveable popcorn. Have you had that before? That's quite nice, isn't it? You've really lived. You've had candy floss, and now you've had popcorn. Good Lord, no end to the excitement. I saw a man, Steve, uh, today urinating up against a wall. Says Kaz, leaving a smelly wet patch behind. Disgusting. Why can't men find a toilet? Women manage to. <laughs> Not always. Oh, no, no, not always. I've seen women urinating in public as well. I mean, in London, there was two women. In fact, I mentioned it on the programme. Literally just on the corner here, they were squatting down, going to the toilet. I remember thinking, you piece of filth. I wanted to get a bucket of water and throw it over them. I seriously did. Like to see what they were, the reaction would have been, I suppose. Uh, I was travelling through Kabul Airport. They searched my bag, said Paddy, who's still unfortunately confined or quarantined to Andover. I think better the quarantine bit. And um, and he says that, uh, where's it gone to? I've lost it. Oh, that's right. They searched my bags. They wouldn't let me take two aerosols on board. Yeah. The point is, I was standing there with an AK-47, six magazines. Which magazines did you get? Did you get Horse and Hound? That's one of my favourites. And Country Life. I always get that one. Uh, and Two Grenades. They're beginning to sound like a thing from a film, isn't it? Didn't they do that on um, airplane where they've got people going through with submachine guns and some bloke comes through with sandals or something, or a little girl, and they pin them to the floor, which is always quite good. Uh, Steve, there was a woman in front of me at Waitrose checkout. Four big bags of Jordan's muesli and three by nine Andrex toilet rolls. Yes. I suggested if she didn't eat says Jonathan, so much of the muesli. She wouldn't need so many of the toilet rolls. I think she laughed so much she needed to open a pack. I like Jordan's, but it's full of sugar. It's very nice, but it does send me round the bend. Round the bend completely. Because I'm going off to this party tonight, I'm having to take extra insulin, just in case I have one of my disasters. Uh, Steve, um, uh, John Leslie also dated Catherine Zeta-Jones around the darling buds of May, says Terry. Yeah, I could, do you know, I've been watching The Darling Buds of May back on the television. It's it's quite nice. It's sort of, it's, I I, I quite like it. It's it's of its period, isn't it, really? I suppose. Uh, oh, else, uh, Mary in Oxford says, I've been waiting to rant. Oh, God. I don't know why people think I rant. I've never ranted about anything in my life. I haven't got the energy to rant. I just casually mention something. I don't rant. A rant would be somebody like, I do know, I was trying to think of somebody on the television who ranted... I'll tell you who, newspaper columnist that I don't want to talk about, and um, Billy Graham ranted. He ranted. Most of those evangelical priests and vicars and and I don't know whether he was ordained or what he was, I had no idea. But he, he ranted, didn't he, about uh, about things. Probably all going to hell. Uh, my daughter was due to fly to Nairobi, says Mary, for her friend's wedding tomorrow at ten o'clock. In her bag, she had the wedding dress and the groom's suit. It transpires her passport had a couple of days less than six months to run, and she wasn't allowed on the flight. She's a good friend who's never knowingly let anybody down. Could you consider ranting for me? Was she daft or poorly informed re passports? I have to say, actually, we don't really know a lot about these things. It's like it's like when you actually get um car tax, if your insurance doesn't have a certain period of time to run, they won't sell you the car tax, you've got to make sure that you've got the insurance I've just paid my car tax £500 £500 for car tax, it's ridiculous I don't know why it's so much I've had cars before where it was about two and a half hundred or something like that how much was yours? £110 £110, <sighs> yeah but your car's not like mine, my car's a lot bigger and more powerful and with proper leather seats. And a clock. And a screen. <laughs> I've not fathomed out the proper screen yet. I really, I really haven't. And a CD player. Woo, look at me being all posh. You've got a CD player as well. Mine mine is a, a cartridge. It's in, the, it's in the glove compartment. It takes six. It's so fiddly to, to do. I wish they'd just put it somewhere I could reach it. Because you have to do it while you're stopped. Which is, uh, which is a bit of a pain, but nevertheless, you know, we, we all have our cross to bear, and that's my cross to bear at the moment. You're listening
0: to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. Soak muesli overnight. It's easier to eat for breakfast, says Marilyn. Oh, th- the problem is not eating muesli. It's the fact fr- it's just so boring. Seriously, I would rather eat a coconut mat. Than eat muesli. My mother used to eat muesli every day and she used to. She did what, what, what you say. She used to soak it. But it just doesn't interest me. I couldn't care less. I don't think it's going to make any difference to the longevity of my life by eating muesli or having, you know, the, the, the Jordans is nice and I like country crisp. You know, all the things that have got really bad stuff in are all the things that I like. And that's the problem. I feel a bit guilty about the thing. So sometimes I buy a little I've got a little packet of cornflakes at home. I mean, it is a little packet. It's almost like a, a pretend packet. It was only a pound. And I bought it thinking that will encourage me not to eat cornflakes all the time. So, and I would, then I thought I'll eat cornflakes when I come in here. And then I thought, no, oh, why bother? And you see people eating Frosties and stuff like that. Not if they have cereal in France? You have cereal in France. Do you have, oh, right, pucker cereal. Nestle. What sort of, yeah, she so must have all the, the standard stuff, must she? Do you get Kellogg's Cornflakes? have that frosties cocoa pops rice krispies roast popular one called smacks oh right chocolate filled things oh right and so oh presumably it's like cocoa pops then when you pour the milk in then eventually you get chocolate milk so you eat all the bits and then you drink the 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 remainder how lovely I've not had Cocoa Pops for years. We didn't. We didn't have them in our house. My mother was far too snobby to have anything like that. We don't have Cocoa Pops, Stephen. You'll we'll have muesli like everybody else. But nobody else, Mum, is eating muesli. I was three. Ridiculous! I trying to force feed a child muesli at three. <coughs> I've got it stuck in my throat, Mum. <coughs> if you cough that up, you're out. <laughs> so I didn't. I didn't. But uh, no, I always wanted to cook breakfast when I was at home. But we didn't have the money for a cooked breakfast. Would have been nice, wouldn't it? But also, I mean, at the weekend, we we could have, we had a toaster. Yeah, we well, we didn't, we had a toaster eventually. We had it, the under the grill toaster, which always burnt, as you can imagine. And because my mother wouldn't throw anything out, we had to scrape the, the blooming toaster. I don't know why. We had a cat, though, as well. The cat would sit there just waiting for the food to fall on the floor and then pounce on it, <laughs> knowing that we couldn't eat anything at all, which was great. Uh, Martin's on his way home again. He says, I, "I did search for Firefly, and like yourself, no luck i 'll keep my ears open. Uh, he says, "I love your interview with uh, with darren yeah we've done Darren a few times actually. We did Martin Shaw the other day he's super he's lovely. we've done fern Britain. in fact we've actually had a really a really I think in two weeks I've done nine interviews. I've got another two tomorrow. So we're, we're stockpiling, as they say. You know, you always stockpile for a lean period. But we're getting some really lovely people. Martin Shaw is going to be in a political drama down at the Playhouse Theatre, which opens tomorrow. It's uh, previewing tomorrow afternoon for the matinee. If you're a fan of Martin Shaw and Maureen Lipman and Honeysuckle Weeks and Glynis Barber, there's an all-star cast down there. It's worth, worth going down to see. It's American, written by Gore Vidal, some uh, 60 years ago and only it never came to the West End because they thought that the public wouldn't appreciate a political drama. But I said now is exactly the right time. This is about a president who will uh, a budding president, a candidate who will go to no end of uh, of the earth to try and you know win. You know, and he's having affairs as well. So he's uh, he's a philanderer. I send it back as well to you with Coco Pops. <laughs> See you later uh, So I have to say goodbye to people It's a routine in this, in this uh, radio station you have to, It's like you know, people come in on the Monday morning You go hi, do high five Then we have a group hug And, uh, and then when they leave you go bye you know, It makes people feel wanted, doesn't it? Have you tried Cherry Lambrini wine in taste? Only £3 a bottle, what value, says Tracy Do I sound like the sort of presenter who's going to spend £3 a bottle? Not going to waste that much At the moment I'm doing dry Prosecco Which is a lot better a lot better than, than other, other Prosecco, because I was drinking sweet Prosecco, now I'm doing dry Prosecco. And uh, it's very nice, actually. Very nice indeed. Uh, the ex-UKIP leader's girlfriend says, sorry for those racist texts. They're both going to be live with Nick this morning on LBC. Not wait to hear that one. Uh, the Siberian Express is whoosh, roaring towards Britain. This is the snow, the coldness. I don't think it was that cold this morning, just a little bit. Just a little bit. But I've got a thick coat. I've got a scarf. A scarf is so de rigueur. So de rigueur. And luckily, people bought me scarves. Cr- you can't beat a scarf, can you? You really can't. Although I don't do it. You know where people fold it in half and then put one... Yeah, I don't do that. I just wrap it around my neck twice. And that's, yeah. You could do all sorts of things with it, you know, if you really wanted to. And uh, it's, not- it's very good for you, especially if you're a broadcaster. The one thing you want to keep warm is your neck. So I've got to go out this evening. I'll probably be outside in the open air. And I shall be wearing my bloomin' scarf, I tell you. We're looking for places to eat in Hackney. Anybody got any ideas about that one? Apart from Kentucky Fried Chicken and Burger King and all the other places, there must be something that's a bit better, is there, in Hackney? Sorry? Everybody's got beards in Hackney. Have they really? They're hipsters. Do you know, beards used to be fashionable, didn't they? Somebody's, you know, sometimes James O'Brien attempts to grow this little bit of fluff and uh and then somebody asked me the other day they said have you ever had a beard i said don't be so silly of course i haven't never ever tried to have a beard i think i went i think i went about three days without having a shave you know when you're younger and then you spend the whole time it's probably the same for you ladies too and you end up licking your lip because you can fit and it's really annoying it's very nice so I've, I've decided maybe not for me uh still to come the tv license going up to 150 quid the career girl, scared of being left on the shelf, so she's got married to a stranger on television. What a sad state of affairs that is, really. How much do we give it? Not very long at all. Uh, also, the racist anthrax threat to Harry and Meghan. Police are on that case, can't wait till they find the person. You wait, it'll be some near-do-well. It'll be some... I was trying to work out the other day who would be stupid enough, apart from Henry Bolton's girlfriend, to uh, to send a racist letter to uh, to Meghan and Harry. I mean, well, the, you can't do that in this day and age. The police, once they found out where it was posted, the net is closing. Believe you me, the net will close. I was watching a well, I'll tell you about a programme I watched on the television the other day, and I can't remember what it was called, but it was it was very, very
0: interesting. Very, very interesting. You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. 27 minutes to 5. It's nice to be company. It's Friday the 23rd uh, of February, which means... Payday. Always cheers people up, doesn't it? Yep, yeah, we've been paid. Everybody jumps yeah, Thank good. Everybody getting a little bit desperate this month. <laughs> people were desperate last month. They're getting more desperate this month. Uh, there's a restaurant. Well, there might not be a restaurant anymore. This is an Italian restaurant in the West End, which may have served up puddings topped with mouse droppings. Yes, it's that filthy. This was um, a branch of a restaurant called... Made in Italy. Uh, a customer had reported a smell of mouse urine. Didn't even know there was a smell to mouse urine. In the restaurant in uh, in January, last January, the inspectors discovered droppings in the basement, under the pizza oven, on knives, and on top of cleaning cloths. That's how filthy this this place was. The restaurant was shut down for a week and did a deep clean, but had an infestation of cockroaches when it was inspected later. After another six months, Westminster Magistrates Court heard the district judge Michael Snow said it posed a significant risk to human health. I'm scandalised by this. Mouse droppings were found on top of a sugar shaker and contamination is going straight onto the food. The reputation of London is going to be dragged through the mud if this sort of thing is allowed to continue. Brothers Giuseppe and Angelo Cassaro of the family run Made in Italy appeared in court to plead guilty on behalf of the business, to three health and safety breaches. The prosecutor says that the inspectors visited in January last year. The officer decided there was an imminent risk to public health. The cockroaches were found in an inspection in July 2017. There had been little or no improvement. In October 2017, mouse faeces were found. Jeremy Woodgrave, mitigating, said the Marylebone restaurant is the only branch of the Made in Italy chain which has suffered hygiene problems. I'm told that this site is somewhat the exception to the rule. They've been fined £75,000 plus £1,875 in court costs and fees. That is the trouble. Where you get food and where you get a lack of hygiene, you get mice. And London, well they say that here you are never further than six feet away from a rat. And I've seen them in Leicester Square. Why? Because we've got food places down there. You could see them running across the gra- We've had foxes wandering through Leicester Square. It's as bad as that. In fact, the Kentucky Fried Chicken restaurant, which I think has gone now, was infested twice. There was also another place, um, TGI Fridays, in Covent Garden. That had an infestation of mice as well. And I've been out there in the daytime and seen running down some of the little alleys by the restaurants mice and rats. Seriously. There's a, because there's food, and you don't know, do you? Until these people, I mean, I, you know, it's, somebody tells me there's you can smell mouse urine. Who would know? Who would know? But I had to mention it to you because it appeared in the uh, in the papers, uh, the Daily Star. Nice to see you. For some reason, this is uh, Vernon Kay and his wife Toss, and uh, they haven't been seen out uh, for eight months. Well, you must try harder. But this this is at the Brit Awards. That was Wednesday. Oh, it was the Brucey tribute. Oh right, the Brucey tribute. And um, sorry, I've completely got that wrong actually. And they say they put on a united front. I mean, is, is there marriage on the rocks or something? I wasn't aware of that. I just assumed that he's—I mean—he's a very good-looking boy. She's sort of average presenter. I mean, i, I mean that you know, in a caring, professional kind of—you uh, know—artistic license way. She's average. She's very average. She's not—you uh, know—not—not uh, not one of our top presenters. Uh, Cheryl Tweedy furious, and you don't know upset her. Oh my God, when she's riled, whew, she could be very horrible. But uh, she's hit back at claims that she and Liam were faking their shows of love at the Brit Awards. It was ludicrous and a bit weird to suggest their touchy feely display was just publicity stunt. She raged. She you imagine <laughs> as she laid out the waitress. <laughs> I made that bit up, incidentally, just to, to add to the because they say as she raged. How do you rage and do something like that? Why don't you just say, don't be silly. Why, eh? Of course we're together. Look, look, I love him. Look, squeeze his bum. (coughs) Like that, you know, as opposed to raging. Raging makes it sound a little bit more drastic, doesn't it? And a little bit more, you know, she does have form. She does have form, we know. You know, nothing you can do about that, really, is there? Uh, Also, um, TV star Ben Fogel's wife has hit back after she was blasted for being naked in front of her kids. Marina was criticised after revealing to a newspaper that her kids have seen her nude. But she told Good Morning Britain, I'm not a nudist, I don't, you know, I don't burst into their rooms. Da da You know, she doesn't do it like that. They just walk around. But, I mean, you know, most people must have seen their parents naked, mustn't they, at some point? I would have thought. You know, when you're young. No? Oh, well, just me. <laughs> it is odd, though, isn't it? Anyway, I'm sick to death of Cheryl. You, Cheryl, why don't you go do something? You know, like, go... Go make a record or something. But she says it's ludicrous. A way, a It's ludicrous. You know, me and Liam, we'd like, you know, really hot together and all the rest of it. Yeah. I bet she was furious when old Rita Ora popped up on stage in her underwear. I bet that that wasn't going down too well. They've got pictures of uh, Anna Friel on a big night out. She took her daughter, which was lovely. And who else we got? Rita Ora, Jack Whitehall with Liam and, and then Abby Clancy. I don't. I don't know what she was doing there. Perhaps they were making up the numbers, or somebody dropped dead at a table. And went, oh, is Abby Clancy available? Of course she is. And so she then turns. I don't know what she was doing there. I don't. I don't quite understand. It was the Brit Awards. Uh, the racist in the Anthrax threat to Megan is uh, is going to run for a little while until they find this person and make no bones about. It. Oh, I was going to tell you about the program. They uh, they will find the person. They did. A, I was watching this television program the other day, and I was I was quite intrigued. But I've seen something similar. But it didn't have an outcome like this one did. And this is the case of a client of a hooker who had been targeted with somebody saying, I'm going to tell your wife that you've been with this hooker. This is a hooker who trawls around the country. I mean, to to be honest with you, I mean, why people would pay for sex with people like this? I can't imagine. She looked like she was about 95. And they go round in a camper van, her and her old man or pimp or whatever he is, I don't know. And people book them up and they have sex in the back of this thing. OK, and then, then they drive off to somewhere else. They've been doing it for three years. And uh, I don't have a problem with that. It was just that all of a sudden this client of theirs um, had been targeted by this person who'd written them a note saying, I want £1,000. You will deliver it to this site. Here are the directions. Uh, I don't want £999 or, uh, you know, or 1005 I just want £1,000. And... Um, it was then the police's job to try and find out who had sent this blackmail note to this client. The client of course was uh, uh, had his anonymity protected. So they've got the cameras in there at the police station which I think was in Luton if memory serves me. And they they're watching the money. They've they've put the money in the place they were supposed to supplied by the client. 'Cause the police can't just cough up a thousand pounds. And so the client put it down there, and then the police were lying in wait, waiting to see who was going to come and collect the thousand, then they could arrest them for blackmail. So they're sort of watching, and the the time of collection passed. I think it was lunchtime, and nothing happened. And so then they go back to the police station and we're sort of we're sort of fly on the wall at this point. And then one of the One of the officers says to some of the other officers there who are covering this case, you come into this room here and we weren't privy to it, but they come out and they go down a little corridor, up a flight of stairs and across a little corridor, then into a room where somebody is doing the surveillance of the site where they've got the money. They've got cameras trained on it and it's his job to sit there and watch. And they say to this bloke, "Uh, you know who we are? And he says, uh, yes, sir, so-and-so, yes, so-and-so. Sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. This, this guy's a copper. He's a detective, detective sergeant, I think. And uh, he's watching. He's the blackmailer. He's the blackmailer. He's the one who is blackmailed, and he's sitting there looking after the case. And they say to him, you're under arrest for blackmail. They go back to his house. He's married. And he doesn't cover his tracks at all, considering he's a copper. Because they go through his computer, they find every site he's been on. To he's been on to hooker sites, he's been on to massage sites, and everything else. He claimed that he'd written the note so he could get a thousand pounds to help one of these hookers come off drugs, which turns out to have been the biggest lie that he'd ever told. But because he's a police officer, he's investigated by his own force, and the fo- and they're all talking. About it. They're going, you know, he's been arrested for that. So and so, really? Because he'd just done a very good paedophile case and all the rest of it but in their in his kitchen at home they found a copy of the blackmail note he printed two copies off and he just ripped one off as opposed to shredding it he just ripped it up and put it in the bins. So they put it all back together again anyway when they put him in for questioning he did the usual thing which crooks do which is you know do you have anything to say about the blackmail note that you sent to this person no comment and every answer was no comment. Every answer was no comment. Uh, the police have built up the case because they found everything. They found all the sites he's been to. They're mainly pervy sites, and uh, and so what they can't work out is why somebody would risk a job in the police force and a pension for a thousand quid. And it turns out he had gambling debts. He had all sorts of debts. He'd borrowed money and everything else. And uh, as opposed to going to them and saying, "Listen, I need money. How, you know, how 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 can I uh, how can I?" get round it um, he didn't, he decided to go ahead with this thing, but uh, so eventually he was, he was let out on bail, but they got him into court and uh, he got sentenced to 18 months for this uh, blackmail well, anyway, the chief constable intervened, because eight, 18 months means 9 months when you actually come out, and the, um, the chief constable intervened and he got 3 years they, they changed it to 3 years, there suddenly rose a gravity this is a police officer, this is a bent copper who was blackmailing, but also working on the case. And the look on his face when when the cameras turned up in the room where they said, we're arresting you on a charge of blackmail, and he was handcuffed there and then. He must have thought, oh, gosh. And he sort of did his little teary bit and then apologised to his wife a bit late by that time. But as I say, the big question was, why would you risk everything for a £1,000? You know... You know, not realizing. see, nowadays, if somebody's being blackmailed, they go to the police immediately. The police can stamp on it. So if if you're being blackmailed by somebody over something, you know, like sleeping with a prostitute, but you might have a wife who isn't aware you're sleeping with a prostitute. Well, that's the way you work on it. You know, you go to the police and you go, listen, this is happening. Somebody's blackmailing me. It's like, you know, the Internet troll who sent that thing to Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. They're going to find them and you're going to see pictures of them in the paper. In the same way that you're going to see pictures in the paper very shortly of one of these little motorbike thieves, one of these little toe rags, you know, the one with the funny mask on, who thinks, you know, I just thieve, that's what I do, I thieve and all the rest of it, and you think, yeah, you just thieve, but when you go to prison, they'll be taking stuff away from you, won't they? and uh, And they will get them they don't they don't survive very long, these people because they get overconfident they think they're really clever, but this was the dumbest copper ever, and the little boy on the motorcycle, it could be a little girl, actually perhaps he's just pretending um you know will eventually be caught, and that's when the courts will come down very heavy. so the person who sent this stuff through the post there'll be fingerprints there'll be all sorts of stuff that they they can take off there that they can find out. they will find out which area it was sent. They will find out whether it was done in a post office or whether it was done in a post box. They will find out, believe you me. They'll know the time it was put in there. They'll know everything. And they'll then check CCTV of the area because there will undoubtedly be CCTV. And then we'll all go, oh, my God, it's a little old woman or it's a little old man or it's just a sad old pervert. You know, it'll be, they will be found.
0: I promise you. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. I just had a
1: panic. I just had a panic over whether or not the MOT was still current on the car. And luckily, you can go onto the DVLA website and you put in the car registration number. And my car tax now runs through to 2019. So that's quite good. And because uh, I've already paid that in advance. Doesn't run out till March, I think. And luckily, we got till August on the um, on the MOT. Dreadful, isn't it? August. And then we are Christmas again. It will, it'll all start coming in at the same time. It's a dreadful, dreadful state of affairs. Yes, you've got... I've got more time on, and more on my MOT than you. Yours it Oh, right, it runs out tonight. Small wonder when I mentioned we got paid today, you got very excited. Mike in Bromley says there's a pie and mash shop in Hoxton. Is that near Hackney? Oh, is it? Oh, right, it is. Oh, right. But why does Hoxton always sound like it's a different part of the country to me? I quite like the sound of it. It's good. Uh, snow, eh, says little Julie. Could just see you on a sleigh being pulled along by a team of reindeer through Twickenham. Well, Chris Lowry reckons that we'd, we've definitely got snow. He says, next week, uh, we will have snow. Monday, probably, and running through the week. And I thought, good Lord above. Can't believe it. Because it was supposed to be this week. So I was quite right. This week, we didn't have snow. Somebody wrote in and said, oh, yeah, we're going to have snow this week. And I went, no, we're not going to have snow this week. And I was quite right. We haven't had snow this week. Might have it next week instead. You can't get everything right, can you? But at least I got that right. I'm quite looking forward to it, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to it because I'm thinking I've got to... Uh, Got to make sure I bring my little umbrella in and put it in the thing. I mean, I've got my hat, so it doesn't really matter. Warren says it's so cold, he's just gone into the bathroom, he said, and the toothpaste is frozen. <laughs> How cold is your bathroom? Good Lord. My place heats up like there's no tomorrow. But strangely enough, a friend of mine has got a bungalow as well. And hers gets really cold because it's lots of open, open plan areas. And the, the kitchen is at the back. And uh it's terrible. Uh, very interesting. Uh... He said uh, Warren thinks it's minus twenty two out there. I didn't know. I didn't think it was that cold, but I don't really suffer. I just come outside, get into the car, and then sometimes they've got the heating on, sometimes they haven't. But I mean, because I'm wrapped up warm, I'm okay. But the current temperature, um, I don't know. Warren's uh, no, he's in Rice Slip. No, he's not. Well, he thinks it's cold, but there again, he spends most of his time flying around, so he's probably been to very warm places. And then he comes back here, one degree, Warren. Always a drama queen, honestly, minus 22, for goodness sake. And he says, one of my um, best mates has just been ransacked. He's got a lovely house in, I won't tell you where it is. He was asleep at night time. They broke in downstairs, took TVs, took computers, took all his kids' games, electronic games, about 10 grand's worth of goods stolen. Didn't hear a thing, but he's got them on CCTV. Um, He says, uh, where he lives, they will be caught. Go to court and then hopefully prison. So, um, you know, little, little toe rags out there. I won't say where it is, just in case it might hamper an investigation or something like that. But uh, I also hope. See, that's the thing. We have CCTV at home. Uh, in fact, we have, uh, I forget how many cameras it is we've got. I'm trying to think when, when on my television it comes up. One, two, three, four, eight. There's probably about ten ten 10 screens of different parts of the property. Inside and outside and on the doors, so you can see people going in and out. So if anybody ever get burgled, got burgled, touch wood, nobody ever has in thirty years. We've never had a burglary because you just can't walk in. You know, it's got a master key, and then you've got to know all the combinations on the doors to get through. And then because there's always people there, and we know everybody, and you can fo- so you could follow somebody through the building. You know, if they were if they were on the rob be quite easy to follow somebody. Front page of the Mirror today, Cheryl Rage at Love Split stunt claims. This is because some of their friends, apparently, according to the newspapers yesterday, said it's just a stunt. And so what they've done, they've actually done a piece where other people have gone, listen, we are together, we are together, and then magically they split up. Because it's a little PR machine goes in and they go, oh, I don't want people saying that about me. You know, and then the next thing is, it's all finished. They go, it was the pressure, it was the pressure. We all go, oh, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Uh, John Travolta, he's the one that we want, has confirmed that Greece uh, will have a reunion for their 40th.
0: I got chills, they're multiplying.
1: She did tell me that she was practically poured into those leather trousers. I mean, she could barely breathe the poor soul. You see, men couldn't do that. You know, you wouldn't get men into sort of tight leather jeans like that. But it was it was all big hair. Uh, still a good film. Still a good film. I could watch all sorts of films. I'm watching. What was I watching yesterday? I was watching a film. Oh God, I can't remember. One word, and it was about the Catholic Church's cover up in Spotlight. The Catholic Church's cover up over paedophile priests. Boston was it? Is that where it was? And uh, and it's so good. I've had to sort of... If I've had to go and do something to eat, I've had to stop the film. Then I've come back and then I've forgotten about it and go on to something. So I'm, it's taken me about... I've, I've seen it before. It's taken me ages and ages. And it's such a good film because they work so hard on it. And, of course, because it's based on fact. There was a huge Catholic Church cover-up, as indeed there has been over the years. I've lost track of how many popes have had to try and get rid of these paedophile priests. I don't know why it's so easy in the Catholic Church. I suppose because if you're Catholic... You you trust your priest, you know. And unfortunately, trusting the priest led to some, you know, pretty awful moments. And in fact, they just moved people around and they carried on abusing children. Best cars nowadays, says a friend of mine who knows about cars, he says, are those that you can set to automatically preheat while you're still in bed. Gee, I don't have that in my car. Do you actually have a car that preheats while you're still in bed? How does that work? How does that That's yes my my producer said this friend of yours, Steve, must be quite rich <laughs> I think he's poor as a church mouse. <laughs> he makes snakes <laughs> for the school um for the school play so i cu- I've actually heard about this, so it preheats so does that mean that the engine is running, or is the engine not running, or has it got some little thing in there which obviously you sort of push a push a button and then and It's sort of, it just how out of that work. I don't, but there's no good explaining it to me because it goes in one and will come out the other. I'm rubbish about things like that, I really am. Talking about Greece, it's apparently possible, uh, that, um, oh, living Newton John, am I supposed to say this? I don't know. Um, she might be at the summer barbecue. You know, that every year Warren's friend Robin, and he's a listener to this program as well, has this summer party and. It's it's for about thirty of us, something like that. Uh, Robin's got a super house uh, over in Weybridge. It's all very posh. I, I take the car there because I feel like I can be safe. And um, and there's uh, it's it's really lovely actually. It's really lovely. The uh, the last time I went, there were police parked around there. Why? Because Tony Blair went, and so Tony Blair went, and uh, and then the wife turned up as well. Cliff was there. And Warren was there, and were well, Calabro there? Gloria Huniford was there with Stephen Way, of course, and Brian Connolly was there. It's, it, but it's a very, it's a very select little gathering. I don't know how I managed to get in on it. Seriously, I've got no idea. I think it's, I think it's due due to Cliff and uh, and Warren probably. But uh, there is a rumor that this year, Olivia Newton John might be going to the party because she's very good friends with Cliff. My friend over in Vienna will be going crackers if he thinks it it was bad enough when I interviewed for in conversation. If he thinks I'm going to a private party in a house in Weybridge where the garden is not big, but it's beautifully done. It's I mean, seriously, I mean, you know, in a small space, he's you know, Robin must have had some very expensive designers in there's a a little bridge, there's beautiful bamboos and everything else and a little sort of um, almost like a bar outside always has the party catered. And it's just lovely. People just sit down, they have lovely food and drink. and It's really nice. So if a living Newton-John goes, my friend in Vienna's going to go mad. He's going to go really... Because we always take pictures. But um, I don't like to sort of, you know, put them up on the internet because it's it's a private time for people. So um, I think I've got a picture of me with Tony Blair. Because you just... I don't go to parties where Tony Blair goes. I'm surprised if I go to a party where there's anybody I know. I'm generally the most famous person I know at these parties. In this one, actually, I tell a lie... I did go to my friend Jackie Gill's party some years ago. Everybody was famous. Everybody was famous except me. I was the only one I didn't know. Everybody else was hugely, hugely famous. So we'll have to wait and see. Let's hope the weather brightens up a little bit. Go, I tell you. It's cold this morning. It's cold this morning. And there could be snow next week. Don't say I didn't warn you. Uh, The exodus of the EU migrants. They're very pleased to tell you that 130,000 people have left the country. And so, presumably, those amongst you are going, oh, that's good, that'll that'll change. No, 240,000 have arrived. So uh, we're exactly where we were before. The Siberian Express roaring in across the country with snow and ice and everything else. The ex-UKIP leader's girlfriend says sorry for those racist texts. Once a racist, always a racist. I'm sorry, people just don't write this stuff and then go, oh, I'm not really a racist. Because they generally are. Uh, Anyway, she's coming in this morning to talk to Nick Ferrari. I'm sure you'll have a few comments on that one. Uh, the climbers rescued dogs from a peak. What on earth are they were doing up there? I've got no idea. Celebrities set for a bun fight in the charity Bake Off. And uh, Stormzy, the rapper, ranting about the Tory party.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, you're pretty nice to have your company. Welcome to Friday. F- frantic Friday, they call it, or f- Freezing Friday, which is probably more, more apropos. Uh, Victoria Beckham says she never washes jeans. Bit worrying, isn't it? Really, I shouldn't imagine she knows how to load a washing machine. Do you get the feeling that as Frank Lampard can't load a dishwasher, Victoria Beckham would be absolutely useless in the kitchen? I should imagine between the five of them, one, two, three, four, five, six of them, is it? I don't know. I should imagine anybody can do any cooking at all. You know, I mean, the kitchen doesn't look like anybody's ever cooked in it. Uh, twisting the fairy tale endings, which is quite a nice one. I like that. British Gas axing four thousand jobs. Uh, Five more cops probed over the Hillsborough disaster. Rebecca Vardy droning on about having a boob job on loose women. I'm sorry, dear. Your, Your reign of 30 seconds is over. The obvious signs of a desperate non-celebrity. I mean, who do you think's interested? God, what an embarrassment. Uh, Gemma Collins fails to turn up to a date. Poor bloke standing on the station. It's for a TV programme. He's standing there waiting like a complete dork. And then she doesn't bother showing up. She did not even bother phoning him. She's that rude and offensive. Likely to be single for the remainder of your life, love, aren't you? Getting more desperate by the year. Uh, the students who want compensation. Their lectures have been cancelled. Of course they want compensation. You know, pay huge fees to have lecturers stand up. we want more. Whatever it is they want. Uh, the airport checks, they let you keep your shoes on. More in favour of that. And uh, Lulu, going to light up the West End at the age of 69. She's in 42nd Street, yeah, which is lovely. It's a great show. Uh, also, we take all your texts and emails on the programme. 84850stevedlbc.co.uk I've got a Tesla Model X and my car preheats via my iPhone app whilst on charge. A friend of mine says he doesn't have one of those cars that heats up gets the wife to go and sit on the seat and sort of rub the bottom around a little bit just to make sure that it's taken. Because if you've got leather seats, they're freezing cold. But I've got heated seats. I didn't know I had heated seats the first time I bought one. And I thought I was I was becoming slightly incontinent. The time I got home, I thought, this, I don't like this idea. I'm sitting in the car. And then I realised they were heated seats. But uh, I just have got up and switched it on. And it'll be at least 20 degrees with all the windows clear. By the time I leave the house. That oh, seems quite good. The one that was sent up, that's um, uh, Eons, what's it, isn't it? Hey, Elon Musk. Funny name, isn't it? But uh, he actually sent one into space worth about $100,000. I don't have one of those. Uh, Martin's a curling player, your bard. Uh another one says, with all these showbiz parties you're attending, what are you going to wear? That's the dilemma we all have. Well, actually I went out yesterday. I've got I'm going to this party tonight. I'm going to be staying not at I'm staying in a hotel. And uh, I went out and I bought two new shirts yesterday. Not because I I need two new shirts, but they were only 25 quid each. I think that's quite cheap. And uh, one's in green and one's in blue. And so then I'll wear a shirt, then I'll put one on for the party for tonight, and then I'll change into another one for tomorrow. That seems quite... The trouble is, when I go away just for a night, it's a suitcase. Seriously. A friend of mine, Jordan, I mean, he he drags around what can only be described as half of Ikea. I mean, literally, Are you're sort of like, what? On earth? You're only here for one night. What have you got? And I suddenly realised I've got to put stuff in. I've got to put the shaver in, all my tablets, my insulin. I like to take my own shower gel. A bit funny about that. So I've got my own shower gel. And uh, what else have I got? Well, clean, clean pants, socks. You know, before you know where you are, you've sort of, you've practically emptied the bathroom. And you think, oh, wait a minute, I better get some other stuff. So you put other stuff in there. Oh, gosh, it takes forever. Takes forever. Have you ever had rats in the LBC studio? Uh, well, we will be having this morning with Nick Ferrari. <laughs> nothing if not nothing if not on the button, ladies and gentlemen. That was a very greedy cop, Steve. I only paid 250 when I got caught coming out of Susie's Massage Bar, says Johnny G. <laughs> and, uh, and, and apparently in Watford says uh, preheated cars, nothing new. Trucks have had them for years and not that expensive. Can be set to heat the cabin or the engine or both. Would oh, you want to heat the engine? See the only thing I ever wanted for if, it, if it's I remember coming outside the magic circle uh, one year we 'd had a something and I think during the show it must have been it must have been a Christmas time years ago. The snow came down. my car was covered, and it took ages to get the snow off the car and uh, and then eventually we sort of started it up because the doors seemed to stick a little bit, but uh, we sort of started it up and heated, and then I've, my my front and rear windscreens defrost very quickly, very very quickly. And uh, and very nice, very nicely indeed. Uh, my car says Johnny's even got a heated steering wheel. Stop it now! I'm not I'm not going into the um, you know my car's got this, your car's got that. You know, I've I've never had an automatic boot until recently. I, I've I've never had automatic closing doors until recently. <laughs> I like it. I feel as though I've moved into the age. Where, uh, you know, sort of automatic closing doors. You don't need to slam my doors. It will actually close silently. It's very clever, actually. Uh, Steve, could the reason for Victoria Beckham not washing her jeans be that it already says stone washed on them, says Manuel? Could be. Could be. Stonewashed. I like that idea. Uh, Tom on the M6 today. What music CDs are you listening to in your car? Bet you've got Girls Aloud or Neil Diamond. Wrong and wrong again. I wouldn't have anything from Girls Aloud playing in my car. I've got uh, some hits of the 50s from memory. And um, I've got 42nd Street. I've got Gypsy. I've got, a, I've got a lot of show albums in the car. A lot of show albums. So 42nd Street is currently my uh, my sort of favourite, just because it, I just care to be going. And I've got so many speakers in the car. That's the only thing I've got a lot of. I've got about 16 speakers in my car. Ridiculous. I've got them all over the place. But uh, I do like it. I do like it. Other stories in the papers for today. Um, the uh, the charity boss who's quit UNICEF. Uh, uh, a pest claims. Pest claims. A friend of mine says, this time next week, will you have come straight from the award? No. I'm not going to the awards. I'm not invited to the awards. I can't go to things midweek, not like you. You know, I'm I'm a sort of I'm a professional person. I have to do, I've got to do talking for three hours. <laughs> I couldn't possibly go out to, because I'd I'd find it impossible to do an awards ceremony. This is this is the Globals, and uh, and then sort of to come into here. I saw the state of some of our other presenters who've been to the Brits. Wandering around in a dream going, oh, my head, my head. I can't do it. And the older I get, the more I can't do it. So, you know, it'll be a bit of a bit of a surprise this evening if I manage to get tiddly. Although actually a friend of mine, Toby, has threatened to get me completely wrecked on tequila shots. I can't do tequila. I've never done a tequila shot in my life. All this banging on the bar, naked, not for me. Younger people do it. Not for me. I should persuade my friend Jordan and uh, and Danny to do it. Uh, KFC bargain buckets. Apparently, they've opened quite a number of the restaurants. However, they will not tell you whether they're offering a full menu. I'm assuming the answer is not. But a man cashed in on the KFC crisis by selling four of the chain's £10 bargain buckets for £100 each. Martin Godden drove from Brighton, East Sussex, to get them from a friend... At a KFC 20 miles away in Eastbourne, he placed a Facebook marketplace ad promising they would be delivered hot and fresh and took them to two addresses. I mean, do we believe that? Sto- I don't know if I believe that story. So he bought four, four buckets for a tenner each and, uh, and then sold them on. I don't know. Bargain buckets have been offered for up to £1,000 on Facebook, mainly by very sad, lonely people. Uh, a friend of mine says, so who's going to pick up all your awards then? Stop it with the award thing. There's no awards. I don't do this job for awards. It doesn't let to just pop it in the post if I get one or sort of stick it through the letterbox. You know, would you like an award? I don't know. I'm not sure about awards. I, I like the I like the ceremonies. And I've had a couple, but you know, I think that's quite enough. Goodness sake, say. Don't want to spoil the boy. The boy don't want to spoil the boy, it's not good. Uh, the jihadi dating site duo jail for a terror bid. Two uglies who managed to find each other. This is uh, Munir Mohammed. Was rumbled after he spoke to a man he believed was an ISIS chief on Facebook. Unfortunately, it wasn't. It was a detective. And um, uh, the judge, Michael Topolsky QC, says Mohammed was the instigator, but pharmacist, mum of two, Rawada El Hassan of Wilsdon, was supporting another ugly. And anyway, they've both gone to prison now. They found help at singlemuslim.com. Both were found guilty. But uh, he was given life with 14 years minimum. She got 12 years. Oh, good. I'm so glad. I bet you come out of prison even uglier than you went in. Uh, What's this a picture of? Oh, it's a shark. Oh, it's a shark. That's your worst nightmare, isn't it? I could never go out on um, a surfboard. I'd be worried I'd be mistaken for sort of a seal or something like that. And uh, this is sharks who were snapped racing and leaping as they bit into large fish off Guadalupe Island in Mexico. And uh, so these, these poor fish... Sort of having a little sort of swimmy, 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 swimmy. And then all of a sudden, out of the depths, comes these uh, these sharks. Just grab them. They've got to eat, I suppose. And they just seem to be more a uh, rippin' and feed, don't they, really? Uh, the Brit Awards 2018 was still going on about uh, we're fine, we're happy. This is dreary old Liam and dreary old um, uh, dreary old uh, Cheryl face, uh, whatever she was I don't know. But uh, I don't know why people are so interested in their relationship. Does it really matter? Does it really, really matter? Whether they're going out with each other or they're about to split or something like that. It's, it's what they talk about I find hilarious. What have they got in common? Nothing. One Direction was so big. Nothing ever comes close to them, apart from the Beatles, I should imagine. And obviously, you know, other people like that. But certainly not little, little, little Cheryl. I mean, she's of no interest to anybody, is she? Bless her heart. Well, she is when she appears in court. Uh, Liam and his son were at the same bash as his girl, who's called Molly. What she was doing, I've got no idea. And uh, little, little Liam's son looks a bit like him, actually. He's only 16. I think he's a model. But uh, apparently, Liam, who had sung Oasis Classics, "Live forever in tribute to the victims of the Manchester Arena bombing, says it was an honour to be asked to perform and to pay tribute to the victims and families of this terrible tragedy. But his, uh, his daughter, his father, this 19-year-old, with Lisa Moorish during his marriage to Patsy Kensett. What all these people do now is have children. It's amazing, isn't it? Really, you've got to pay for it. What if this KFC thing, says a friend of mine, is the biggest PR scam of all time? Well, if it is, it's, the, it's certainly the worst they've ever had. Backfired very badly. I haven't had a KFC for years, but after this week, I can barely think of anything else. You mustn't. It's very bad for you. Very bad for you. The chicken's all right. You know, steamed chicken is really good for you. But it's the skin and the covering, which, of course, is the bit that we like, isn't it? That's what you like. And the fact it's moist. Don't think about it. Not this time of the morning. Think about something. think about what on earth is that? Uh, Think about porridge and muesli and and sort of healthy berries and stuff like that. They did a program on the television. Oh, it's QVC. And they had they they were doing a thing where as opposed to putting all your berries in a liquidizer and pushing a little button and it going and then you get mush which is nice because you can make that into all sorts of things. This, this is something completely different, which is you put it in there and then you pull a string backwards and forwards or a wire or whatever it is. It's all very odd, isn't it? And, um, and I nearly bought one and I thought, oh, they're about 30 quid. I thought, when am I going to use that? If I want to buy a smoothie, I'll go and buy a smoothie. I'm not going to make one. I'm not Mary Berry. Very aptly named, isn't she? But I'm not that sort of person. I can't be bothered to make things. My mother made things and there's probably loads of you listening who can manage to do that sort of thing. I'm not one of them. The only smoothie I ever liked was, was it strawberry and banana from Innocent. And then I had one that exploded in the fridge because I'd left it in there too long. Because you kind of forget, don't you? You kind of forget. You sort of put, put stuff in the fridge and then it gets kind of lost at the back of it. So you have to climb inside the fridge and start finding out what's in there. You go, oh, I didn't know I had those sausages. Oh, my God, they've got legs. This penicillin growing on them. Let's just sort of kind of leave them. Uh, the TV licence fee, 150 quid. I don't know what that works out per day, but I'm assuming it's held as uh, good value. 150 quid, I don't know. You have to pay for it, don't you? Because there's nothing more you can do about it. Fruit tea. Fruit tea, not good for you. It's rotting your teeth, according to the, uh, to the papers today. The acidic drinks wear away the enamel. Well, there you go. Got to be very
0: careful. You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. Nice to have company. 5.20, Friday morning. Yeah. Love Friday. Friday's fantastic. Uh, the ousted UKIP leader. We're not racists. You can ask him probably and say the same answer that you're going to get with uh, with Nick Ferrari on breakfast this morning. Drink your milk, you big baby. This is the rhino calf, hand-reared on how much a day? 70 pints of milk a day it drinks. <laughs> God could you found something smaller that didn't drink 70 pints? Because Mum has uh, had a, a leg fitted. And, um, and so it looks lovely, actually, but they are quite dangerous, rhinoceroses or rhinoceri. Uh, what else we got here? Oh, a Fab, fo- uh, fab Four note. Uh, this is one here, a very rare letter, signed by all four of the Beatles. Um, it's uh, a message to an Atlanta DJ called Paul Drew who travelled with the band in 1965. It says, Dear Paul, we just thought we'd like to write to you all and say thanks very much for your help on the tour. And so it's being sold. They reckon it could fetch £12,000. I often wonder why people sell it. Do they sell it because they need the money? Because I would want to keep something like that. I'd have it framed and, you know, make it look uh, nice. Uh, The latest uh, stupid haircut is... (coughs) Sorry. (coughs) Good Lord, above! where did that come from? Ridiculous. If that's Darren... There's trouble. Uh, short Mac and Sides. It's a new hairstyle. You know, I don't know why everybody's had odd hairstyles over the years. I was wearing my flat cap in the office the other day. And James O'Brien going Peaky Blinders, Peaky Blinders. But like, shut up. Shut up. And then he, and then he kept it Peaky Blinders. And he started doing the accent. Or something like I was a reject from the Hovitz advert. From Birmingham, Birmingham Peaky Blinders. Terrible, honestly. Anyway, the short mac and sides, the headmaster's banned uh, it. It basically looks like they've had a perm and the sides have been shaved. It looks a bit ridiculous, but there we go. Kids have always had those sort of things, haven't they? Kids have always had funny haircuts, because that's what we did. When I was younger, it was probably short back and sides. I can't you certainly weren't allowed to grow your hair over your collar on your shirt. The school came down on that one very uh, quick. Now you can get away looking like you just climbed out of bed and put your clothes on. Uh, the big issue vendor, in all the papers... Old story. We did this one three days ago. The Mirror have just cottoned on to it. He's selling 200 more copies a week. He's invested in a contactless card machine. You think they're all poor, don't you? You think they're all... All these people standing the streets. We like to buy a big issue. Sorry, we would like to use my contact machine. Unbelievable, isn't it, really? Uh, also, the Mirror Writer... Tries her hand at a cool sport. I've fallen for curling, she writes. Right, she's barred. can't be doing anything else with the mirror. That's him writing, uh, uh, curling. We don't to know about curling, do we? We're not remotely interested. Uh, front page of The Sun this morning. Queen divorces. Crown star Foy in split. I think this is Claire Foy. Uh, and also, again, another story that we did days ago now. Of an old people's home where they've invited round some pole dancers... And uh, and they pole dance for these OAPs. They've called it the Antiques Rude Show. Because it's in, a, it's in a a home and they're sitting there. I mean, to be honest with you, it probably livens up their day. Why shouldn't they have a bit of pole dancing? I love the way, though, that the girls are sort of slightly more modestly dressed than you would get in the clubs. Where they can't wait to get their bits out for a bit of extra money. Uh, also, uh, a top goalie injured his shoulder when he was hit by a runaway cow. Uh, cats away, Gethin can play, yes, old man still on the market, poor old Gethin Jones, 30, and um, they, they still call him the former Blue Peter host. He'd been with uh, with Katja, uh, Katja is very young, she's 28, he's, as I say, 40, going on 90, and uh, it was amicable, the, the fling just fizzled out due to their busy work schedules. Everybody else seems to manage, don't they, busy work, they go, oh no, busy work schedules, oh right, doing what? Um, well, she had to go modelling. Well, she was modelling when you met her, love. Can't be that difficult, can it? Uh, a taxi here. Oh, it's a number plate. What if anybody bought it in London? No, they can't afford it. Surely not. This is a taxi plate, which, uh, spelt the word taxi. It's very unusual. It's been on the market. It's the first time since 1970 when it came up. So I'm assuming it's... I don't know what it would be, actually. The winning bid, um... Wait a minute. Da, 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 da. So it's I don't know what T A X would it be Tax One or something. That's just as good as you move it together and it spells taxi. How much do you reckon? Ninety thousand quid. I mean surely no taxi driver worth his soul to be putting that on his vehicle. I've seen cab, CAB one, CAB two and all the rest of them. But uh, the total bill is eighty seven thousand. Seven hundred and fifty. It's not known if the number plate will be used on a taxi. Don't be silly. You won't find taxi drivers. in the sort to spend ninety thousand quid on a on a number plate. Definitely not. I mean, unless you were really flash and you'd really been a little bit economical with the truth over how much you're earning. But uh, no people wouldn't uh, wouldn't spend that much money. Well, I don't think so. Anyway, a salt and vinegar. I don't quite I quite like this story. This is the cri- crisps. Can't even say the word now. Surprising the culprit, in the tooth-wrecking snacks. The hidden dangers, um, they're looking here at uh, fish and chips, when covered in vinegar, increased the risk by a 1,000%. Fresh fruit, uh, 500%. Salt and vinegar crisps increase the risk by 33%. Fruit juice or squash, 600%. It increased the risk of uh, tooth-wrecking snacks. An orange, wait for this one, twice a day, increase the risk by 3,700%. percent sound very good, does it? And taking more than 10 minutes to eat fruit, increase the risk by 1,200. 43,000 under-18s who had hospital extractions last year. Wow. Good Lord above. But, I mean, so an orange... See, I would have thought an orange is really good for you, but apparently it's really bad for your teeth enamel. Not good, is it? So the advice is, I suppose, don't eat oranges. Uh, Steve says, Nicky, stay off the Sambuca. Remember what happened last time? Yeah, somebody did actually say. They said, I did see people who were sort of filling up your drink. I'm I'm watching it very carefully tonight. But I don't know what's in it. I'm not drinking it. You know what a disaster I had. Uh, I saw Lorraine yesterday, says Dale in Birmingham. What the heck was Peter Andre's wife doing on there? Does she think she's taken over from Dr Hillary? Oh, God, honestly. It was bad enough when M started having pictures taken. She's got that vacant look. like uh-huh. Like she's just about to be run over by a steamroller. And um, and you think to yourself, oh, dear. Mind you, she might, she's probably working more than Peter Andre at the moment. Probably bringing in more money, I should imagine. And uh, Ron says, may I be so bold as to ask if you listen to LBC in the car? As opposed to what? I mean, I've got all the radio stations available. I've got one of those, you know, like most cars, you've got a whole list of things. You just push the button and off it goes. No, I only ever listen to LBC. I wouldn't listen to anything else. Why would I work for it? It's, you know, I've got it on at home in the bathroom. It's always on in the bathroom. So when I get up, I'm always listening to uh, to Darren. And uh, and at the weekend, I always, well, I, I don't listen to myself, actually. That's the odd thing. I don't I don't have it on. If, if, if I turn, I look at the clock, and I, I've got a big, big clock in the bathroom. And, and if, I, if I, I look, oh, God, no, it's me. And I don't want to hear it because I've done the programme. I can't listen back to myself. I'm one of those sort of quite clever. Pres- Some people can listen back. Some presenters are very good. Uh, Listening back to themselves, I'm afraid I'm not one of them. So I have to wait until breakfast starts with Andrew Castle. Then if I'm going out in the car for the day, then I'm I'm listening to LBC. Always. Good heavens above. Why would you want to choose any other radio station? Why would you really want to? So the answer is yes. Uh, John says, I met Olivia Newton-John in a pub in Ireland 20 years ago. Very nice person. Very down to earth. Also met Kevin... Kevin Watley, one time in another pub, also very cool, with no airs or graces. I don't go to the pub so much these days. I don't go at all, actually. Martin in Woolwich says, 150 quid a year for the licence fee works out at 41p a day. So I think think 41p is okay. Don't you think so? You You know, for what you actually get, if you choose to take advantage of all of it, I think that's very reasonable. And, uh, Steve, do you think that Joanne Webb will one day have her own radio show? She has the voice and seems smart, clever and very professional. No. Uh, moving on, you're barred. Uh, can't believe what somebody ask you about poor Joanne Webb? Honestly. She's suffering. She's got a dreadful cough at the moment. It's doing the round. They've all got it. Uh, we had it with James O'Brien the other day, coughing and spluttering. Joe's had it. And, uh, and Darren... They, actually, this morning he didn't sound too bad. I thought he... Mm-hmm. producer's saying, oh, I'm not sure about that one. Perhaps it was just this this studio that made him sound a little bit uh, different. 84850, uh, stevenlbc.co.uk. Uh, Do you have a private number plate? Says Simon. Certainly not. How tacky would that be? A private number plate? I'm a radio presenter. Why oh, would I have a private number plate? What, so like DJ7 or something like that? Stevie1. Of course not. No, loads of people do. I'm not one of those sort of people. I'm, I'm very down to earth, very ordinary. In fact, sometimes I say to myself, Stephen, you're just too ordinary. You really are personalised number plates. Honestly, hilarious. Of course I've got one. Um, <laughs> so after the heartache, it's the old perfect stunt trick. This is Cheryl's PR love machine. Uh, why are you going out with him? No. You know, when she was asked before about, um, you know, the Frenchman you know, they, they ran a story. She quickly announced that she'd wed him. And uh, basically, she just told lies throughout her whole career. But it seems to have been based on that, doesn't it, really? You know, they were sort of talking about, you know, did you have this? Uh, did you have that? No, no, no. You're going out with them? No, no. Are you pregnant? Why? Eh? Because I'm worth it. Are you pregnant? Are you pregnant? Are you pregnant? No, she doesn't know. She did not know the answer to the question. Poor soul. You're listening
0: to a podcast from LBC
1: interesting because if you read The Sun this morning, uh, they've done the old perfect stunt trick and it's basically the person who runs the bizarre column doing a bit on, uh, on Cheryl. I'm sorry to go back to Cheryl again but at least it keeps us away from the ghastly Gemma Collins or even the more ghastly Katie Price and so now it's the ghastly Cheryl and uh, she basically rounded on the person and said, you know, why don't you do something productive in your column? As opposed to all this speculation, all the rest of it. I opened a a centre in Newcastle this week. Like it's all single-handedly just her. But they did say, and they've got a picture of her sitting alone in a booth at the Brit Awards after party. He was nowhere to be seen. Apparently, when there were cameras around, then they they were together and all lovey-dovey. But the moment the cameras disappeared, she sat there twiddling her thumbs, staring into the distance. So, quite clearly, I mean, you know, what they've said every single time, you know, with the Derek Hoff thing. Are you having a relationship with him? Well, yeah, because I'm worth it. She just seems to think she's either under police investigation or something. <laughs> of course she has been. But um, it's a case of, why can't these people just tell you the truth? If you're in the public spotlight, if you're in the public eye and she's in the public eye, just tell people what they want to know. Why would it be Is it, is, it, is it because it's a failure? Is it because she can't keep a relationship because she's probably a blooming nightmare? Why is it that people cannot just answer a straightforward question? So consequently, she's going to get loads of coverage in the paper, but it paints her as really just a rather sad, lonely person. You know, when she was with Derek Hoff, as I say, uh, and then she was um, axed by the X Factor, didn't work over in America. It's basically been a catalogue of disasters. And then, you know, the, the sun scooped uh, on the uh, the marriage uh, to the to the little Frenchman. And then we had the uh, the rude... Video, uh, and again, she was dancing uh, with Trey Holloway. Uh, six months later, they split. She can't keep her relationship together. She cannot keep it together. I think the reason is she's sad and lonely. She's a bit like quite a number of these other people who feature in the press. They love the publicity, they love doing the, you know, let's not bother telling anybody about this kind of thing because I'm a superstar and all the rest of it, but you're not. Unfortunately, you're only as good as your last hit single. If you laughingly call yourself a singer, you're only as good as the last hit single. The last hit single was a disaster, and so now she's got little Liam, and they've had Babby. So you know, they. I mean, either it was. I always love it when they go. Oh, it wasn't really planned. anything. oh God, it's a bit dangerous, isn't it? So no. Anyway, so she's, she's got the baby. Uh, she's got money. She can sit there. It's just that she doesn't appear to have any friends, and that's what she's missing. So when when the uh, the columnist Dan. You know, sort of. He's actually written about every twist and turn in her life, everything really. And then uh, she says here, "Wait a minute." On Monday, I told how Liam's worth fifty-four million has even sought legal advice. Nobody actually denied that. Nobody denied it at all. And um, and then Cheryl wrote on Twitter yesterday afternoon, "Oh, stop! No one cares who's been speculatively arguing or not in their relationships. Use your platform to put something productive in your column." I opened a centre this week that could help thousands of youth. So, I mean, she's being a bit disingenuous when it comes to the son who have championed her corner. Where would she be without this publicity? Just be another lonely little girl sitting in a house, rattling around with a boyfriend who's going out there and having a bit of fun. Because the one thing you don't seem to have with Cheryl is fun. Rita Aura, you get fun admittedly a bit competitive in the uh, in the stakes when it's going out there getting publicity. But the one thing is Miss Misery here. There's no fun. Small wonder people sort of drag it out for, you know, how many months is it now? God, I should imagine Leanne privately is going, she just doesn't laugh. There's nothing that makes her laugh in life. And there's nothing worse than a boring person like that. It's like Victoria Beckham, desperately trying to prove to people, because she knows her image is Miss Misery. No, you know, the dark glasses are Miss Misery. At least with Cheryl, you don't get the dark glasses. But it's like all these people. They look miserable. Look at Katie Price. Miserable. Sad. Lonely. Miserable. What has Cheryl got? Nothing. A boyfriend who she's driving away by the... But I think she drives them all away. So here she is, pictured at the after-show party at the Brits, on a table with nobody round her. I should imagine there's probably a curtain that goes round there, going, don't talk to her, she's miserable. You know, well, I can't... Be- You'd think, would you not... 20 million quid, they estimate, in the bank, and you're still miserable? I'd be out there kicking my heels off and getting my boobies out. I'd be doing everything. KFC have decided to do an apology. They've taken out a full-page advert. In the sun this morning, it says, we're we're sorry. And here we go. A little bit late down the line to start apologising. It says, a chicken... I mean, this, you know, try and take it with a pinch of salt. A chicken restaurant without any chicken is not ideal. Huge apologies to our customers, especially those who travelled out of their way to find we were closed. And endless thanks to our KFC team members and our franchise partners for working tirelessly to improve the situation. What a load of cobblers. But improve the situation. You screwed up. Nothing to do with the franchises. It says here, it's been a hell of a week, but we're making progress. And every day, more and more fresh chickens being delivered to our restaurants. Thank you for bearing with us. And it's got FCK. I'm not, I'm not really sure. I can't work, quite work that bit out, actually. On the bucket, it's got FCK. I think it's some joke or something. It's this place by people who don't. But you can, you can go there to find out details of your local restaurant. It's a fast food place. It's not a restaurant at all. I know they call it restaurants, but they're not a restaurant. You sit at a table eating fast food. You know, and our franchise is for sort of going at... They, well, they haven't. They haven't. You screwed up because you were trying to save money by changing your distributor, which was Bidvest, to start with. It's so all that lot are of work. But, I mean, no mention of that. Couldn't care less, could they, at KFC? All they're worried about is, you know why have we not got the chicken into the shops? Answer, because they haven't finished building the distribution centre. The computers didn't work. They didn't know what they were doing. They were all walking around like headless chickens. And they didn't get it to there. So, you know, a friend of mine says, you think it's a publicity stunt? If it is, it's gone horribly wrong and backfired on them. But as I say, it's only having seen the, the peculiar people who phone 999, excuse me then, um, to say, where, where is the chicken coming back? That's how sad their customers are. That's how desperately pathetic they must be, you know. Two people contact their local MPs. Where, where are these people coming from? The answer: they're in the holding pen for the Jeremy Kyle show or Loose Women, where they'll just about put anybody on the panel, and that's sort of you know anybody from Janet Street Porter to Stacey Solomon to anybody else. And yes, yesterday the ultimate in bad guests or bad columnist, Rebecca Dreary Vardy. God in heaven, can't they find anybody intelligent? Are they deliberately doing it to wind me up? I suspect the answer is probably yes, because they get coverage, I suppose. Uh, Steve, uh, the taxi. No, they wouldn't be working if they can chuck away that sort of money on a number plate. Surely. And Tara says, anyway, I woke around three and was destined to be a fat day. All women know what a fat day is. Yeah, and blokes. Well, blokes do fat days as well. So I watched some Jeremy Carl and felt positively svelte. Back to the plot now. Uh, Simon says, you're a man of the people. I don't think I'm just a radio presenter. Just a humble radio presenter, God willing. And talking of private number plates, uh, Andy in Swanley, which is in Kent. I happen to know that. He says, does your car have a wine rack? Oh, car's a wine rack. What are you talking about? I don't do wine, though. I used to. And uh, Howard says, uh, Joanne Webb in the past has presented LBC sports programmes. He's part of the Joanne Webb Appreciation Society. Or we're going to pass this one on to the police. You know. That's that's the kind of way it is at the moment. The homeless man with a card reader is showing initiative. The readers don't cost very much and he should soon be on the way to having a nice home of his own, says Andy. I think he's already got a nice home, thank you very much indeed, Andy. It's uh, very sweet of you to think like that. Of course, you know, I always think to myself, there's so many people... Yeah, would you like to buy this? No, I don't want to buy it. Not to buy it. I bought it before, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Andy also reckons curling is basically housework on ice. The only substance they'd be high on is Tetley and rich tea. I quite like that actually, and uh, Joe says his Steve Allen sass is unreal. Oh right, uh, Steve Allen, you are my stallion, says Tracy, 63, young, single, and South End. Well, you know, one out of two isn't bad, or well, one out of three. See, maths never my my strong point at all, but I don't mind. Uh, there's been a lot of curling Steve during the Olympics, so why not balance it with a new category of synchronized hair straightening? That's from Ralph. Actually, uh, I'm out there in the newsroom, I shouldn't probably do this, but plugged into a socket on the wall is a pair of hair straighteners. Well, the only person who is sitting there, you know who sits in front of that seat? Who is it? B- Bill Overton sits there. You don't think he's secretly curling his hair, do you, when we're not watching? He's always got one of those looks, and I think to myself, is that Bill Overton's haircut? Because they're right behind his chair. I've never seen anybody else sitting there apart from Bill. I mean, I might be wrong, you know, but uh, that's what I'd like to think about. Uh, Susie and Milton Keynes uh, says, uh, I'm waiting in anticipation for the morning you do an in conversation with Gemma Collins. Hell will freeze over and we will have all been sent to uh, to damnation. What an amazing 30 minutes that'd be. Real eye and a laugh. Unfortunately, if you get somebody in who can't string two words together, I could I could do it myself. So, Gemma, nice to see you. Thank you. The GC is here. OK, and um, have you brought anybody with you? Brought my best gay friend, Bobby Cole Norris. He's with me as well. That's so, right. Would you perhaps, you know, be happier if you went out with him? Don't be silly, not interested in people like me. I'm like the GC, like people look up to me. All right, so, you know, wh- where do you see your career going? I'm like reaching for the stars, babes. I'm reaching for the stars up there. I got that line, actually, from Bobby Cole Norris. He gave me that one. And I'm going to reach up there. I'm going to be mega millionaire. Mega millionaire. And so, how, how how come, Gemma, you can't find a boyfriend? Well, because I'm foul-mouthed and rude. And uh, and I really think I'm something. But I am the GC. You know, people look up to me. Because I'm like a role model for people. Well, that should just be a role, shouldn't it, really? But, you know, I'm funny, witty. And uh, you can kiss my big fat ass if you don't agree with that. Thank you, Gemma. And uh, that's... It. Is that it? I've got loads more to talk about. I've got my new range of shower gels coming out depilatory cream and waxing cream and I've got the Gemma Collins razor you know, if you want to buy any of those things and uh, and I'd like to go out with somebody what sort of person would, would you think would suit you? I don't know, somebody with a pulse I suppose just anybody, yeah and also a bit of money because you know this ain't going to last forever Bobby Cole Norris told me that because his has collapsed already Paul he's having to do that ghost programme I mean my gold, I tell you how low have people sunk and that would be the end of any Conversation what's the point? No point at all.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Ten to six, Friday. Yeah, payday. Yeah.
0: am <laughs> very excited about
1: payday. And uh, and another busy weekend ahead of us. So tomorrow... Oh, today as well. We've got clips uh, from the guests for this. Oh, we're not sure, actually. We haven't bothered to check that, actually, yet. We might not have. We might not have. But we do have In, in Conversation tomorrow morning. And uh, this week on In Conversation which runs tomorrow morning. It's going to be Carl Kennedy. Oh, Carl, you'll love this interview. If you're a fan of Neighbours, this is your man. This is your man. Uh, Yes, we know it's it's that. He he plays Carl Kennedy. It's Alan Alan Fletcher. Uh, And Ruth Wilson. Ruth Wilson. Talking to me. Little me. It's great. But as I say, we've got some really fabulous guests for you to hear. And that'll be tomorrow morning between six and seven, repeated on Sunday evening. We'll have a couple of clips from both those guests in about um, about 35 minutes time, something like that. So uh, stand by for that one. More of your texts and emails. Can you imagine having Gemma Collins and Rebecca Vardy as both in conversation guests on a Saturday morning, says Tony? Yes. (laughs) Can you imagine me ending my career that way? Rebecca Vardy. I mean, she's got the words sad and lonely written all over herself. Oh, people know me for my charity. No, they don't, dear. They don't know you for anything at all. Uh, Steve, would Gemma Collins shower gel come in a 45-gallon drum? Very bitter. Very bitter. It's 50. And uh, it would be... I mean, I can't imagine, actually, anything like that at all. The big issue seller's been selling for seven years. It's meant to be a leg up, not a career choice, says Damien. Yes, he's obviously not done very well, has he? He's been selling for seven years. That's a career. That's not just a little leg up the ladder. It's also, I think, I, I've read the mag. Have you ever read it? So I think people buy it out of sympathy. People have been writing to be saying, have you ever read the magazine? I said, well, I've bought one, of course. But I've never really bought It's never really interested me in the slightest. I don't, you know, not that sort of thing at all. Uh, Which celebrity would you choose, Steve, to be your magician's assistant for your Royal Variety performance? You're not allowed to choose Debbie McGee. Bit too obvious, says in Bromley. I don't know, actually. I don't know. Who would I pick as my magician's assistant? That is, a diff- that, that is a bit of a difficult one. I don't know. I used Anthony Davis. You remember when Anthony Davis uh, was at LBC? He's now over in America. And I, I would, I've used him, actually. In fact, I've used him a couple of times because he's a very good magician. And uh, Mark says, big issue, stress, always take the magazine. Why would I want to take the magazine? It's rubbish. i will just give them a fiver. Well, that's probably just as good, isn't it, really? I should imagine <laughs> giving them a fiver. I, wouldn't, I don't give anybody a fiver. I really wouldn't. It takes me ages to earn that. Uh, Dominic the Milky in Knightsbridge says, you never guess what, after your comments this week about us having nothing to talk about, Charlene is out with me, delivering the milk this morning. Woo! Big up Charlene, I think. And um, FCK, Steve, stands for frantic chickens knocked off. And uh, Johnny, Johnny G says, I'm not buying that £90,000 plate for my taxi. That's nearly five months' takings. Do you know, if only that was a joke. <laughs> if only that was a joke. Well, who else Who else is going to buy taxi unless you're a taxi driver? Who else is going to... I mean, I can't think of anybody else who'd buy... You know, it's no good if you're a coal man, is it? Or you deliver for Lipton's or, you know, a card or something like that. It's going to be a taxi driver. But it's obviously going to be a... And also, you wouldn't put it on a flash car. You know, I'm not being rude, but you're not going to put it on a sort of a Bentley or something like that, are you? Taxi. That sort of takes it down a notch or two. And if you sit on a black cab, anyway, we know what you paid for that, mate. 90,000 quid for a, for a plate. Oh, somebody's going to get caught out on that one. Uh, Cheryl, I'm not faking it. This is Daily Star this morning. Yeah, right, whatever. But uh, he wasn't there. He was only there with her when the cameras were turning. The moment the cameras weren't turning, he disappeared off. Perhaps he was going to the toilet, I should imagine. Uh, also, uh, what's this? Career girl nabbed by cop. This is a workaholic who didn't date for five years and a police officer who feared being left on the shelf last night became the latest couple to wed a total stranger on television. Financial advisor Harriet, 32, uh, admitted that she'd focused on her career and agreed to be married to ease her anxiety. How tragic. How tragic. New husband Richard, a police sergeant at the age of 28, said he decided on the drastic action as he feared he'd left it too late to find someone special. The couple met for the first time at the altar in the latest episode of Married at First Sight. They tied the knot in the full glare of the cameras. After the ceremony, Harriet says, he seems really lovely and kind. I have a really good feeling about it. And Richard gushed, first impressions are good. She's really traditionally pretty and she's got a great sense of humour. Fantastic, honestly. What a ghastly programme. So would you like to get married on television? Um Yeah. OK, we'll sort of pay for it, OK? You just have to sort of turn up. Oh, right, OK. Coldest day in five years. Cold, cold, cold. And next week, according to uh, to Chris Lowry, he said there could be snow in London on the Monday. Well, we've not seen snow for ages and ages, so I'm quite looking forward to looking out of the window and saying to the producer, it's snowing, it's snowing. And he'll then go, it's snowing. And then we'll both fall over outside. It'll be a total disaster, I promise you. We'll be just be absolutely dreadful we'll be falling over left right and centre but I don't I don't really mind actually falling over is it because when you do it when you're younger you laugh you know unfortunately at our age you don't really laugh because it blooming well hurts uh Isaiah Hastrup's father banned from hospital again this was a story that I heard on the news this is um Lunray Hastrup he says he's done nothing wrong that's different from what the hospitals say um and he's been banned. A court has banned him, I think, for the second time. So he's now fighting against the ruling, which allowed doctors to halt Isaiah's life support. He thinks he's got new evidence of treatments which could help his son. Uh, they say not. They say not. And they are the experts. I don't want to sort of burst anybody's bubble on this one. But, you know, if the hospitals say, listen, he's, he's brain damaged, uh, they actually say he's irreparably damaged. Three judges are now going to deliver a ruling on him because he's appealing. Uh, King's College Hospital lawyers have indicated concerns. Apparently he's been disruptive. And uh, he says, I've got a right to see my son. Yes, so you might have. So you might have, sir. But unfortunately, there's such a thing as you learn some manners. okay? you learn some manners or they'll bar you. And believe you me, they can bar you. If they think you're a disruptive influence, you know, in their hospital, they'll bar you. You know, quite clearly, you've got some sort of issue going on. He was first banned late last year. The ban was lifted after he agreed to visit at certain hours, accompanied by security staff, but it's now been reimposed. Bosses were trying to deal with the issue in a humane way. Uh, A lady from the hospital, the barrister, Fiona Patterson, representing, said the ban would be temporarily relaxed so Mr Hastrup could attend a meeting with doctors on Thursday. But uh, they don't want somebody going in shouting the odds in there. I'm sorry, it's a hospital. I'd have you escorted off the premises immediately. Uh, He says... Uh, I just had a conversation. He says, I have a right to see my son. And if he dies without me seeing him, I'd be irreparably damaged. Well, then you better learn how to behave. It's It's not complicated. You're going into a hospital. They want, you know, he said, certain people seem not to want to hear what I have to say. No, they don't want to hear from a rude person. A rude, ignorant person who thinks he knows what he's talking about. And they're the doctors. They're the experts. That's why when you go to the doctors, you go to a hospital, they're the experts. I have to take it, you know, when they tell me about certain things and you're going to be scarred for life. I have just to take that. I can't do anything about it. I'm not going to go, well, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. You know, I'm going to do my own thing. And it doesn't work like that. It really doesn't work like that. So you learn some manners and um, and then we'll all be happy about it. Steve, pick Katie Price as your magician's assistant. Then she could disappear. <gasps> You could have the GC as your assistant. scrap the magic trick and make her disappear forever, says Joe in London. And somebody else, in fact, a lot of people voting for Gemma Collins. I'd love to see her get in the box, says Graham. We'd all love to see her get in a box. (laughs) Unfortunately, not the kind she's thinking of. Famous black cab taxi driver, Stephen Fry and the Duke of Edinburgh. Yeah, but you see, Jeff, that's the problem. Because once once you know that Stephen Fry or the Duke of Edinburgh has got it, every time they go anywhere, people are going to go, actually, that's Stephen Fry's taxi. It's not a proper taxi. So he can't just leave it there. It's a decommissioned taxi. But if you've got one, you park it by the side. He'll never get a parking ticket, Stephen Fry. If he can poodle I think Andrew Lloyd Webber had one, didn't he? Or somebody like that. You can poodle round town and then nobody nobody bothers you because they're so used to seeing black cabs. Uh, Mermie from Putney says, our MS is closing in April. Very sad. Been there for years and the staff are great. They're, they're closing 14, aren't they? Somebody wrote to me and said, see what you've done now? You've managed to close... Uh, Marks and Spencers. I went. Well, you know, if it's bad service, it's got to go. I'm afraid, got to go. Um, I'll come round afternoons. Tell you about Big Brother, Channel Five, saying, well, so they claim in the newspaper that they're going to finish it. Uh, the TV license, it's going up to 150 quid. It's only 41p a day. I think that's good value. If it was a pound a day, I might be uh, might be uh, querying it. Uh, five million pound win. According to most people, is not really a lot of money, and it's not five million pounds. You want to buy a nice two, three million pound house. Doesn't leave you a lot left to buy the car, to go on holidays, buy all the nice furniture. Um, TV's Wally is making kids dumb. They're saying, basically, there's a lot of books out there that uh, really are sort of taking the mickey out of children because they're sort of treating them a bit, a bit stupid. British Gas is axing 4,000 jobs and uh, five more cops
0: are probed over the Hillsborough disaster. You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, a pretty nice heavy company. Four minutes past six, Friday morning in London town. Apparently, according to Neil, he says, brace yourself, you're in for four inches. Psh. My weather app show that London will be deluged, deluged, I tell you, in snow next Thursday and Friday. Yeah, psh. you prove it, I tell you. Don't believe a word of it. It'll just be a little light dusting, won't it? Of course, I'm prepared to eat humble pie. I mean, I'm, I'm quite good. I shall deny all knowledge of this conversation if we get snow on Thursday and Friday. I'm actually told it's Monday by, by the weather experts. They, they've actually said Monday we're going to have snow in London. But as I say, we've had snow in London before. And generally, by the time we've left the building, it's gone. If we walk out and the producer falls over, you know, and we have to go and get a toboggan and then sort of drag ourselves down, well, then fair enough. But, you know, I don't think it's ever going to be like that. Of course, the lovely thing is that when it snows in London... The good thing is that it looks so pretty. Trafalgar Square looks pretty. Leicester Square will look pretty. And and everything looks bright. It's lovely. I like things like that. So it it, it doesn't bother me. I'm not remotely bothered. We've had snow before. I've got snow shovels at home. I've got two two snow shovels and good they will be. And uh, Paul says, why all this vitriol towards Cheryl Cole? What vitriol? No vitriol. Just telling you facts. If you don't understand facts. And it's not Cheryl Cole. I mean, how rude are you? Cheryl Tweedy. Obviously, not keeping up with it, are you? Perhaps that's an age thing. Perhaps that's an age thing. But uh, no, there's no vitriol. I'm just telling you the facts. She never smiles. She's miserable as sin. She don't, I don't know why she thinks she's something special. And this is only the combination of putting together what all the the experts are saying that uh, the relationship is is on its last legs. As I said before, and well, if you'd listened to the program, you would hear me saying I couldn't care less either way. It makes no difference to me whether she goes out with him, doesn't go out with him, goes out with a reflection of herself. I don't care. I'm not remotely bothered. But it's just that, you know, I remember for ages people were saying, Are you pregnant? And all you got was sort of a because I'm worth it? And you think, Don't you know? Don't you know why would that be a big surprise? It's not like we're talking to the Queen of England. We're talking to a, a girl who was a member of a little popsicle band some some time ago and now models for for one of the manufacturers. And then you sort of they send her off to somewhere and she does an advert on the television, and that's it because she's worth it. That doesn't make you anything special in this day and age. You need to come down a peg or two, Sunny Boy. Start sending me things, this vitriol. vitriol. If it was vitriol, I'd tell you she can't sing either, but, uh, but there isn't. Uh, so uh, Channel 5 last night have admitted, who to? I've got no idea, that uh, they're preparing to axe Big Brother for good. Uh, they were seriously considering it. Uh, unfortunately, they've got to find something that fills 110 hours of prime time. Uh, last night revealed negotiations with Big Brother production company Endemol were at a difficult stage. It depends. I mean, it's, it's sort of, has it run its course? I mean, where will all these Z-listers come from? Where will we find people willing to kill each other on television? Where will you find... I mean, the celebrity version's been pitiful. Pitiful! The best you got was Colleen Nolan sitting there with a bevy and a fag on, sitting outside. That was about as exciting as it got. There was nothing on. I can't tell you who any of the people were. I can't even tell you the last winner. Oh, I tell you what, I can tell you the last winner, because in the year of the of woman... It was a drag queen who won. How embarrassing was that? With a little short fat bird called Anne Widdicombe, Widdy Widdicombe, apparently star of Pantomime and your local dole office. That's the one there, the one who does to do a reality show because she doesn't have a political career anymore. What an embarrassment. They have to use far more material for her costumes, especially when she does Pantomime. She's done Pantomime a few times. You know, she's got very odd views about gay people and yet gay people have employed her. Most of the time. In fact, in pantomime, I think it was Craig Revel Horwood who employed her, thinking that she'd be quite interested. The trouble is, another one with no sense of humour. Little Miss Stick in the Mud, Little Miss Back in the 1940s and 50s. So, is it worth keeping it? Of course it's worth keeping it. It's a cheap programme, technically, to make. It's not difficult. They've already got the set practically built there. Uh, What would Emma Willis do? She's part of the set-up now. Davina was part of the set-up for years. There's a whole raft of... What would all the people do who work on the programme? There must be, I would think, a good 60 to 100 people who are involved with that show. You know, the people have to build the set, the people have to... secure. Well, they don't seem to have any security, do they? We've had disasters with people invading it. Uh, and then half the so-called celebrities, when you get the celebrity version, they don't even come from this country. We've had a few porno models, a few old has-beens from America... And, uh, and we said, mind you, we, we gave Paul Burrell to the Australians. Perhaps they'll keep him with a bit of luck. A nice idea we didn't have to see him back. Oh, wait a minute. He lives in America, doesn't he, I think? I'm sure he lives in America ever since he sort of decided to spill the beans on the royal family, of which he knows very little about. Um, also, Trump meets victims and says, "Arms sirs, just what they want to see. I don't know, to be honest with you, the stuff that he's come up with for them, I think has served no useful purpose at all. KFC's reopened, but Feather's still flying. Not all of them. They don't don't have enough chicken. They don't have the full menu, but they're not telling that. But I have found you something else. In Pearlie and Surrey, there is a burger place. And in an effort in this day and age to try and get some sort of publicity for yourself, you either offer... What did we have last week? Then we have the mattress at Claridge's, which was 70000 quid. Then we had a cocktail worth £50,000. Here, ladies and gentlemen, I give you a burger. This is a mega meal. Uh, This is... It's got in it, ready? I mean, get, as I say, it's so stupid, it's almost embarrassing. But of course, some people are fall for anything. So they've got a picture of the poor Daily Star reporter who looks so like he'd have no trouble getting that in his mouth without even biting into it. It's, um, it's three kilos of mince, three, ki- three kilograms of mince, seven rashers of bacon, 40 slices of cheese, a whole lettuce and seven whole tomatoes, plus three kilos of fries and a milkshake. In other words, actually, there's not really a lot in it, is there? A little bit of mince. (laughs) Sorry. Seven rashers of bacon and then 40 slices of cheese. That's a bit... That sounds like a cheese sandwich. Anyway, it costs £100. And three... If you and three mates get a crack at the burger with £10 going to charity, the manager said, I think it's physically impossible. I don't think anybody could do it. Oh, you know, but just get some students in, dear. Students will manage it for you quite easily and leave room for something else as well. But uh, it's just in an effort to get publicity for a place. It's just, I mean, if somebody, I was sitting in a a burger place and somebody ordered something like that, I'd be out the door so fast. It's like, you know, I mean, Gemma Collins could probably manage that thing sideways, I would have thought. Uh, Merodic Trump, that's what they say in the Daily Star. We love the Daily Star letters. They're always absolutely hilarious. Uh, And uh, what have they got here? Who's that a picture of? This is a picture of um, Big Dion Dublin. Who is Dion Dublin? Is he a footballer? Oh, football who does the pro. Oh, he's dreadful on the property show. Oh, they brought him. It- it's like we had two presenters before. Now we've got three presenters on it. Was he not good at the football punditry? Oh, it's dreadful. Somebody says here on Homes Under the Hammer it needs a new kitchen, a new bathroom, and the house in Newcastle is as good as new. Obviously, people don't like him. He's, the trouble is, it's, 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 I just thought it, that he was obviously desperate for some work. And somebody went, do you want to have a go at doing this, this property show? And they went, yeah, OK, do, do a bit of this, you know, homes under the hammer thing. So all of a sudden, the other, the other presenters have got an extra presenter in there who you don't need. Because he's not very good. <coughs> he's not nuded. Uh, the big issue, seller who can take cards. We been doing it for seven years. He obviously thinks it's a job now, permanently. And uh, what else do we have here? I look at DC Comics' Greatest Heroes. Uh, we we weren't allowed comics in our household. We really weren't. It was, uh, I don't know why, because my cousins, Stephen and Martin, were allowed comics. They had all the American ones, because so I used to, you know, read all the sort of the adverts for X-ray specs and stuff like that, and black hand soap and all those sort of things, which I absolutely adored, from a company called Ellersden's. And uh, but I never actually read the comics because I didn't really know anything about them at all. I just sort of sort of picked them up and looked for the adverts. The adverts were the best thing, as far well as I could uh, see. Uh, Viv says, "Trust you to have two snow shovels." Of course, because what did I say they were each? Was it a pound? A pound for a snow shovel? They were sort of because obviously somebody's going, "Oh, there isn't." We're not going to have any more snow, and I'm going, "Yeah, whatever." I've still got two brand new snow shovels. For two quid. I thought it was a bargain. Paul Smith bought one as well. So he'll be delighted when he comes back from his holiday in France and then discovers that, you know, the snow is there on the drive and he's got the snow shovel to get rid of it. (laughs) Brilliant. Uh, A brave climber in the papers today who's rescuing two dogs trapped for 48 hours on a freezing peak. What they were doing there, I've got no idea. But uh, the full story is there. And there's a woman, obviously she let them off the lead. And so somebody had to go up there and put their life at risk to try and get them back uh, the Hate Crime Probe as package of white powder and racist message sent to Meghan Markle. Uh, it's up to two years jail. Brilliant idea. Brilliant. Make it ten years. Make it more exciting. Ten years jail, I think, if they find this person. And they will find this person. Won't, won't take them very long. They'll have given something away. They'll What they'll do is they'll actually end up putting part of the letter in the newspaper saying, do you recognise this writing? And somebody will write in and go, I'll tell you who wrote that. And that'll be it. TV licence fee, I think we've all agreed that it's uh, it's good value. 41p a day, you can't complain, goodness sake, what do you want? Uh, Eddie the Eagle says, we give the Winter Olympians too much cash, doesn't even snow here. Uh, don't, well, mind you, we might, might be eating humble pie by the time we get to next week. Uh, also coining it, Corbyn's mate, the rapper who spits bile against the Tories. This is, And he also wrote Homophobia, you remember, this is Stormzy. You know, homophobia, I never forgive. I really can't. There's also a, a middle-aged bluffer's guide to the baffling Brits, because you never actually know who any of the people are. You don't know what their song... I don't know who anybody is. Seriously, in my day, I would sort of... You know, I would have understood who the... Who the nowadays, I've got no idea. You know, somebody's a grime artist. What does that mean? A grime artist. They won't be around in a few years' time. They won't make any of the money here that they would make in America. But then in America, they're a bit thick, aren't they? So they end up losing the money. Only a few of them actually hang on to it. Uh, also, as the politically correct commissars of the nanny states seek to sanitise great British television from the past, why? You can't censor TV history. It's a lovely piece by Brian Viner in the mail for today. Oh, look, Richard Littlejohn. Patriotic moderate labour is dead and buried. Good Lord. Well, there you go. Uh, other stories in the paper. The, uh, the techie boss, he made 450 million last year. Um, but his company has never made a profit. How can that be? I can Imagine making 450 mil- million pounds. I'd be happy. Very happy. And also, not such boneheads. After all, the Neanderthals who invented painting 64,000 years ago. I think it's students. I think they go into caves in France and they just start painting a sort of bison or something, you know. And they go, oh, look, Neanderthals. You go, no, 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 students. students Notre Dame. University, they're there from. After the news, I'll give you a little sneak peek of the two stars of the screen who are coming up for you this weekend on my In Conversation.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: or old Steve Dixon on Sky News. Every time I see him now, it looks more like Tintin, the slightly older version. It could be Tintin's dad, I suspect. 6.20 is the time. It's Steve Allen with you until uh, 7 o'clock this morning. Uh, ever been offered to do your In Conversation as a TV show? No, somebody else is doing it. That, uh, that Liverpudlian uh bloke john john bishop he started doing john bishop's in conversation you think you just nicked that from me but i don't think there's any copyright on a title uh would you ever consider using an online dating agency to meet someone says david i am an online dating association can't think of any worse. how sad to have to admit you've got to go oh, god no Oh, I don't have any trouble meeting anyone. We don't ever get, don't ever feel worried about that kind of side of it. Thank you very much indeed. Oh no, heavens above, I'm all there with Miss Spangles. Uh, You'd be a good football pundit, Steve. Give us an example of your best footy commentary. I'm not a performing chimpanzee. I don't perform for people. I just sort of, I just do a program. Uh, now this weekend, it's in conversation, as always. Our first guest is an Australian actor and musician. He's best known for being the joint longest-serving member of the cast on Ramsey Street, alongside his on-screen wife. Its neighbours, Dr Carl Kennedy, himself... Alan Fletcher, and he told me how hard the cast work on making Neighbours what it is. I mean, we treat, we treat our Neighbours scripts with the same reverence as I would a Harold Pinter
2: play, I'll be honest with you about right. that. And you know, people sort of go, oh, surely not, surely you just do it off the top of your head. Not at all. I mean, the scripts are analysed intensely, and particularly when you're doing something like this, with, with the Easy Izzy and character returning, we sit there and we painstakingly plot the journey for all the characters to to bring as much truth as we can into the story, so the audience hopefully will be sitting there looking at going, I kind of get why she's doing that, and oh yeah, and I mean he's kind of right, but then again she's got every right to be very angry, yeah. you know, and yeah. we need to create that kind of real life um, passions.
1: It's funny how how soaps have taken over our lives. How many writers do you have? Do you have a pool of people? Well,
2: we so we, do, we shoot six episodes a week, and every episode has an individual writer. And there's, oh. so if you think, it takes a writer about four weeks to generate a script, so if you start doing the math, there's a lot of
1: people. It yeah. is a lot of people. Yeah. And when did they start writing specifically for you, once they get to know you? They have to know the character. Yeah, it's interesting
2: that you, you actually, often, what, <laughs> this is, an, this is actor speak now, what you often find the way into a character is not what you say, what your character says, but what other people say about you. Yeah. So, for instance, in the, the character of Carl Kennedy became very stingy uh, and, and, we, and we built it and built it because someone referenced the fact that he's stingy. Not because Carl was stingy, but someone else suggested he was. And that's how, often how characters uh, develop. You actually read a script and say, what are they saying, uh, saying about me this week? Well, how does the world perceive me and how can I take that into my character?
1: Such an interesting... I love talking to people from neighbours. In fact, there is one person in our office who does our computer stuff, Adrian. He goes, crackers for anybody from Neighbours. So I said, do you want you pick to take him with him? Well, he's all excited and all the rest of it. Anyway, that's uh, Alan Fletcher in conversation with me this weekend. Now, as well as Alan, he's got a very good storyline running at the moment, I'll be talking to an actress known for her role as the superintelligent sociopath who stalks Idris Elba in Luther. She's also won two... Olivier Awards for her work on the stage, and she has a Golden Globe for her role in the US drama series The Affair. It's Ruth Wilson. She's the star of a new British drama film, Dark River, set in the Yorkshire Dales, and she told me what her parents made of the premiere.
3: My mum loved it. My mum, she's always the sort of, um, you know, if she doesn't like something, she'll say it. Oh, would <laughs> she? Yeah, she <will laughs> they totally... don't hang back your family, don't, do don't hang back, so she would be honest about it, but she knows she loved it. She thought it was... Um, she said, recently, I've seen a lot of films that haven't made me feel much like I, they're, they're clever and they're interesting to watch and they're quirky, but I haven't been moved. She goes, this really moved her. I mean, the other side of it, it works in lots of layers as a film because it um, it's about a sibling relationship, mm. um, but it's also set up in Yorkshire in this farming community that I mean there's a quite a lot of farming films that have been around recently and it's something probably in the air that we need to get back in touch with nature and there's something about this community that's a diminishing community, it's tenant farmers um, that are usually taken over by corporate farms these days so it's about a neglected society, you know, area of society really that don't usually get a platform.
1: Such a nice lady, Ruth Wilson, the actress who's in conversation with me this weekend, along with the neighbours' legend, who is Alan Fletcher. You can hear me talking to both Ruth and Alan tomorrow morning from 6am after the best of Steve Allen. If you can't make it then, you get another chance on Sunday evening from 9 and you can listen to the whole thing for free by downloading the LBC Catch-Up app from the App Store on your iPhone or from Google Play on your Android device. So uh, that's tomorrow. Repeated, I say, at nine o'clock on Sunday because Sunday morning I'm here as well, with uh, the best of the Sunday papers. Eight four eight five zero. Stephen LBC dot co dot uk. Do you have a day in your bathroom? Apparently, they're becoming very popular, according to the expert on Clive Bull's show. He was talking B days, was he? Good Lord above! I mean, no. To be honest with you, I I can actually get. I was on the property, really, oh, a bidet, I wouldn't have thought a day was a, something to, to have. I mean, you know, who needs to wash their feet that often? You're having them in the shower, you know. Why do you want a bidet as well at the same time? No, I don't have a, a, a bidet. I probably wouldn't want one, actually. It just sort of takes up room, doesn't it? I think you've got to have a very big bathroom to be able to put a toilet and a bidet and a washbasin and a shower and a bath in. I've always wanted a big shower, like, you know, not not one of those... Rooms that becomes a shower because you just feel a bit bit vulnerable standing naked in the middle of a room, so that that's not my sort of thing at all uh but you know a nice I did see a lovely one at the Ideal Home Show a few years ago before they knocked Earl's Court down. Sorry, not to be bitter about it, but frankly, we've got enough bloody housing in London We're not any more. thank you very much indeed and uh, And this one had a beautiful big seat in it, so you could have got two or three people in there, which you know if you were so in, so inclined as to have people in the shower with you and uh, and it had different coloured lights. As well, because I've often thought that under red lighting in the shower... And you know from previous Steve Allen programmes that if you have a red light in your bathroom, you sleep better at night. I don't know why that is, whether it's something that's psychosomatic. I'm not too sure. Uh, 84850, oh, steve at uk. Uh, Declan says, do you buy everything in twos? Yes. Bob Pound told me when he worked in a magic shop, if you liked a trick, you'd buy two of it. When you mentioned the snow shovels, it made me wonder. Um. I I do tend to buy two, because I'll tell you why it is. If I like something, I always think if it breaks and I can't get it again, I'm going to be really disappointed. So I bought, I have bought two of most things, two of of lots of things, (laughs) sometimes three. And if I've really gone crackers over it, I bought four of them. If I I like something so much, I went out the other day, they were having a closing down sale at Homebase and they were selling shears and they were two quid a pair. So I bought two pairs of shears. I thought garden shears at two quid. I'm at a bargain. I gave one one pair away and I've got a pair left myself. Because I think that's it's quite a sort of a good idea, really. No, just me again. <laughs> I don't know why. It's it, it's odd, isn't it, that we become uh, compulsive, obsessional. And my compulsion is to buy everything in twos and threes. So I do have things. Purely for the reason of, if I break something and I go, oh, I really like playing with that, I then can't get it again. I mean, at the moment I'm looking for this... Uh, this magical effect, which I can't get for love nor money. And I've tried everything. I've tried all my contacts. I've tried just about everything. And there's, there's nothing that I can do about it. And it's defeated me. And if I can't buy something, I can get quite quite grumpy, quite cross about it. Because I always think, but they, somebody should make this for me. I, I just, you know, I just quite fancy the idea of having it. Uh, so the airport checks, which will let you keep your shoes on. Lulu lighting up the West End. It's going to be very difficult for her because she doesn't dance in this, she's playing Dorothy Brock, and she's 69. Last time, I think, she was at... Well, she's not been in the West End for ages and ages. I remember seeing her on film in To Sir With Love, which was brilliant. Uh, the one person we don't like today is, uh, is a man called... Where is his name? Uh, uh, we don't actually have a name for this man, which is a shame, isn't it, really? Because he should be named and shamed in the paper. And this is an ambulance crew who wasted no time at all When a man dialed 999 and said he'd lost the feeling in his legs, fearing a critical circulation problem or even a stroke, raced to his home, rushed him to hospital. On arrival, he got up, grinned, and before walking off, he admitted he was in good health and had just wanted a lift to visit a friend. The time-wasting hoax was revealed by the medical technician Sean Gerard of the Northwest Ambulance Service who said the caller had claimed to have reduced sensation in his legs. We took him to hospital for him to then get up and walk off. He admitted he faked the whole thing just to get a lift. You see, somebody like that I think should be hauled into court, made to pay, you know, £200 fine and go, next time you'll, you'll, you'll get a minicab. This man should be named and shamed. That's absolutely appalling somebody would ever do something like that. But as I say, there are thick people around there. We know that. I mean, you turn on the television every day and you've only got to look at... I mean, the Jeremy Kyle programme is is almost dedicated to thick, stupid people. It really is. They were all having a shouting match the other day and this... Oh, dear me. Honestly, it's just absolutely dreadful. Um, there's a, a new carpenter show at the moment. Tony Lee is recreating Karen Carpenter. The show's called We've Only Just Begun. I quite like tribute shows. I'm, I'm quite good at things like that. Uh, also what was the other thing there was another show which was uh, which was coming in and I remember thinking oh I'd go and see that they're all doing it Simon Reeve is doing his first ever tour uh, Alfie Bow is off to Kenwood House in June Van Morrison uh, Catherine Jenkins is at Kenwood House as well very popular Chris Christopherson is also at Kenwood House Chris Christopherson, good lord uh, also Some Mothers Do Have them as a stage version of it which I didn't uh, know, stars Joe Pasquale, because if anybody could play Michael Crawford, it would be Joe Pasquale. You're listening
0: to a podcast from LBC.
1: Coming up with Nick Ferrari at breakfast. Figures show the number of EU citizens leaving the UK is at its highest level for a decade. Is the UK less appealing because of Brexit? No, because there's more people coming back in again to replace those who've left. The charity boss Justin Forsyth has quit UNICEF after accusations of inappropriate behaviour from his time working for Save the Children. Nick will be speaking to a former colleague of Forsyth and also Brendan Cox while they were at the latter charity. Plus, in the first radio interview together, sacked former UKIP leader Henry Bolton and his on-off and now on-again girlfriend Joe Marnie will join Nick live in the studio. Nick will be here from 7 this morning on LBC. Uh, 24 minutes to, uh, 7 They're all doing pictures of what snow looks like. Wrap up, because it's going to be Siberian weather. Like, you know, it's not going to be minus 40 or something ridiculous like that. That's what I would think it would be in, uh, in Siberia. We might have some snow. The Korea girl, scared of being left on the shelf, weds a complete stranger on television. That's how desperately sad television has become now. And the fact that um, they'd never met each other before. Really ghastly. Really ghastly. But that's, as I say, television. Uh, the Lonely Hearts couple sent to jail for the terror bomb plot. And the whiskey industry, keen to quit the single market. Uh, two out of five over 50s are in crippling pain. Come on, put your hand up. Don't be shy. Thank you. No, not off the wheel. Keep your hands on the wheel, for goodness sake. Uh, Megan in anthrax scare after powder is sent with racist note. I hope the pe- person is listening who sent it. Because they're getting ever closer to you. Getting ever closer to you. And uh, it's up to two years in prison. You know, to do something. I mean, you'd have to be a bit thick, wouldn't you? The family brain cell would have to be out on loan. You know, the lights are on, but nobody's home. The lift does not go all the way to the top floor. You're quite a few sandwiches short of a picnic. In fact, basically, you're just a stupid loser. And when they find you and you're hauled before the courts, I look forward to naming and shaming. Oh, dear. Uh, also, uh, bam, 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 bam. What do we get to here? Oh, a ballet photographer gets a life ban for stalking lover. What is it with these people? people they all got brain cells missing. We know on the Jeremy Kyle show and there's not many intelligent people on there. The six rules of cleavage. You know, um, for example, uh, during the daytime, put them away. OK, that's, that's, that's fairly, I would think that would be at the top of my list. Top of the list is uh, if showing off your cleavage, put everything else away. We don't want to see everything. And nowadays people go out, you know, there's a picture of Mylene Class. I mean, it looks a bit tragic, doesn't it, Really? Like two little fried eggs sitting under a, a sort of a pretty little top. But I mean, shouldn't these people do these? You don't find blokes going out slashed to the waisty, apart from the bloke on posh porn, who seems to have his shirt undone most of the time. Uh, also, wear the right underwear or corsetry. There was somebody the other day going out and you could see their underwear. I mean, that's just that's just ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, also, style it right and don't clutter your cleavage. Uh, also, don't get your cleavage out all the time. Yeah, once we've seen it, you know, it's we've seen it. There's nothing left to say. There is no excitement, I'm afraid, anymore. Not that I ever thought there was any excitement in the first place. Uh, 20 hapless celebrities. I think that kind of sums them up here. You've got Nick Hewer, Stacey Solomon, uh, Terry Hatch. I don't think Stacey Solomon gets any other work apart from... She did the I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Then she did uh, Loose Women. Then she did Panto, but of course she hadn't bothered to learn her lines, So she's reading them on stage. Not very good at all. Uh, Bill Turnbull's on it. Uh, also Harry Hill. I do like Harry Kilt. Whatever he does, he's just funny. He's just funny. I love watching all the repeats uh, of his uh, programmes. Very modern land girl. Here she is. She's called Minette Batters. Have you ever heard the Christian name Minette? Never heard of that at all. But she is the first female president of the National Farmers Union. So everybody getting very excited there. Hello, Minette. She apparently farms beef, um, pork and I think lamb. So she's a modern land girl. I wonder if it's her farm or if it's her, her parents. Uh, somebody says I thought I was the only person who bought things in twos if all the item was well made and could be limited in production like a small pod pocket camera and DVD says Tony yeah I mean that's, that's, the, that's what I adhere to it's not really the best thing Sandy in Peterborough says our B Day was incorporated in our toilet when I lived uh, in Indonesia it's minus one degree now and UK sports Steve spent £32 million on our Winter Olympics team so far we've amassed four medals that's £8 million per medal Norway's won 35 medals, but using my rough maths, I can't imagine they spent 280 million on their team value for money. Says Martin. No. Oh, I agree with you. Four medals, utterly pathetic. You know, we get oh we've won a medal, four. That's all, and we've spent 32 million. What a waste of money. Uh, Steve, I must admit, not much of a fan of Lulu, but to Sir with Love is a classic. Hats off to her in her new venture. Yep, because she's uh, Dorothy Brock in 42nd Street. But she says, The only problem is, I so want to get on stage and do some of the dancing because there's loads of dancing in the show. It's great. And I uh, hope he didn't buy two Bentleys, says Nigel. That would be showing off. Also, let's hope and pray that Karma comes back with a vengeance on the bloke who conned the ambulance service. Do you know that people could have died? People could have died. You know, well, because he, he took it and then calmly gets off the trolley and said, Just wanted a lift. I'd have had him arrested, charged in court, and fined at least. At least five hundred. I've changed my mind. I thought two hundred originally, but no, five hundred pounds, and it goes straight back into the NHS. Idiots like that, as I say, probably a candidate for the Jeremy Carl show. A particularly stupid person, but uh, you know, he, he sort of he lied to get an ambulance. Almost as stupid as that ridiculously thick woman the other day who wrote a note and put it on the ambulance about don't park opposite my house. There's another one who's not working. There's another one of these skiving people. I'll just take the money, shall I? Why are you not working, love? Can't be bothered. Let them pay me money. Ugh. God, honestly, it drives you mad, doesn't it? And it's only... Th- I nearly said Thursday. It's only Friday. Front pages of the uh, of the papers. The Times this morning. Oxfam, banned from working in Haiti over the prostitute scandal. Uh, Ruth Wilson on the sex scene. Sheep and Hollywood. Love Ruth Wilson. Love her. And you can hear her tomorrow morning with me on uh, on LBC. University chief split as strike causes chaos. Um I think that these students want some money back. Thank you very much indeed. I've never heard of such a thing. People going on strike. Although I believe south-west trains are going on strike yet again. It really is getting quite ridiculous, isn't it, out there? I don't know what people are striking for. Something to do with that. People sort of not telling you when the doors are opening or closing. Slightly worrying. Uh, Also here, fewer drivers using phones at the wheel. Finally seeing sense. Finally realising. Also, um, this is uh, Elon Musk's. New Elon Musk, his new space stunt falls short. And uh, cuckoo, Bezos builds Clock in the Mountains. Do you know there is a mountain? I want to go to it. It's somewhere in America where it's a complete city inside the mountain. It's the, I think it's one of the American uh, military bases. I think they used it for the film War Games. Whatever it is, it looked really nice. Uh, also, the crisps. You'll have to um, stream the program later on to realise that things that are bad for your teeth, salt and vinegar, Chris, it's the vinegar, actually, and fruit tea, the fruit acid, very bad, plus oranges, really bad, which I I didn't think was uh, was sort of the thing. And also BBC to coach women on getting ahead. Have you noticed how they're so late in doing it? They're so archaic. They really are. Uh, Also, uh, man arrested over M20 body. There was a body in the middle of the road. And uh, DiCaprio deal creates giant marine reserve. I've never been to a marine reserve. I quite, I quite fancy the idea. Virgin Trains named the worst rail service. Oh, that's a shame, isn't it? I was hoping it would be quite nice. And the old people's home that has lap dancers going in there, uh, wearing a lot more clothes than they would wear in a lap dancing club, put it that way. It's very sweet. Uh, also, critics urging a ban on cruel electric shock dog collars. In other words, every time the dog barks, it gives it a small electric shock. I didn't even know they were still uh, available, but apparently they are. And uh, a lot of people use them. Uh, the Guardian, charity chief, forced to resign over inappropriate behaviour. Um, Karen Gillen goes behind the camera uh, for Doctor Who. And whatever happened to Tara Newbold? Tara Newbold. And uh, this is... Uh, The story is Dwayne Ballin turned up at Bridewell Police Station in Nottingham at around 6.30am in October 2016 and told the duty detention officer he thought he'd killed his girlfriend. Tara Newbold, a mother of two sons and a daughter, was lying dead under a black duvet. Ballin sometimes shared with her, uh, beaten from head to toe with 37 visible injuries. The full story, whatever happened to Tara Newbold? 37 injuries, no murder charge. Can't believe it, can you? But there again, most of the stories we read in the papers, we can't believe at all. Also, the plea from the mother who lost two sons to knife crime. I beg you, stop. That's not going to make any difference, love. I wish it did. I wish I could say that a mother coming forward saying, I don't want to lose any more members of my family. But unfortunately, these kids nowadays, they're out there. They're into knife crime. They're into stealing. They're into robbing. They're into being gangs. It's completely different. In my day, you know, a gang was like, you know, certainly wasn't violent, put it that way. Nowadays, they carry knives as a matter of course. Small wonder they get chased down roads, and they're knifed. I've lost, I've lost track of how many people have been killed in London. It probably happens elsewhere in the country, but it's all the more visible for us, because it makes the papers every time. And every time you think, I bet you were in a gang, you know, the parents go, they were such good boys in this and that. Obviously, somebody thought they weren't, and that's why. It's whether or not people get caught for them, isn't it?
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Ten to seven. No, it's not. Telefib. Telefib. Sorry. Nine minutes to seven. You'll find somebody right here. You go, well, I've just missed my bus. Thanks to you. Uh, The Daily Telegraph, the army major cleared seven times, now faces a new inquiry. The charity boss in the text furore steps down. Uh, Also, the ban on plastic straws. Plastic straws could be banned in Britain. The environment secretary has said, oh, for goodness, for years we had paper straws. You know, I grew up with... Paper straws. Then we went plastic straws. And they go, you know, it could be banned in Britain. We've turned into such snowflakes, haven't we, really? Plus, the elite police are hunting for the kidnapped British pair in South Africa. This is um, uh, a British couple who were kidnapped more than a week ago near a popular holiday spot in southern KwaZulu-Natal province. They live in Cape Town. They've got dual... Uh, nationality, British and South African they were kidnapped on the Feb the 12th near a dam Uh, and there was also that other story of a police station where people got in they shot dead three of the police officers working in there and somebody else, dragged two out four miles down the road, four four kilometres down the road they were executed In well that's how they described it they they were shot in an execution uh, sort of style which is dreadful, really. i mean, honestly still going on, isn't it? Not the safest place I'd ever want to go to. Uh, what else have we got this morning? Nice to see you. It's a very strange story in the Daily Star of Vernon Kay and his uh, and his missus. They say uh, first time they've been snapped together in eight months. Well, probably it hasn't worked out that they've been working together. I should imagine they do go out. They're not exactly sort of wallflowers, are they? I don't think. Uh, also, Meg sent race hate anthrax. They will find that person, and then we'll all see them and go, oh my god! It'll be somebody who's do lally. Only do lally in a dangerous kind of way, because they think by putting sort of powder in the post, they can sort of they can hide. There'll be fingerprints. There'll be everything they'll find out. First of all, they'll find out, first of all, where it was posted. That doesn't take very long. And once you've found that out, then they'll they'll comb the air. They'll find somebody. I promise you. Oh, God, they will. Uh, Brit of a fake. No way. This is uh, Cheryl and uh, little Liam and apparently Liam. Might go racing, driving at some point. You know, they look as miserable as sin. I don't know why, actually. He looks fairly happy. She just looks a bit unhappy most of the time. And as I said earlier on in the programme, you've got £20 million in the bank. You've got a little babby at home. You're living in a £5 million mansion. How can you be miserable? God, you want to... You I'll tell you what, we'll send you to Syria on a holiday. You want to see what misery is? Go to Syria. Daily Mirror today. Cheryl Rage at Love Split Stunt claims, because they've, they've claimed it's a stunt. Mind you, every time she's claimed that, Shortly afterwards, the relationship split up, so this one will probably be no different. Uh, Also, your country, Transplant Boy Max, urges MPs to vote for the change in the donor laws, and they've got all sorts of uh, people. Vital decision today is 6,500 people wait for life-saving organs. I mean, seriously, we've got to get ourselves... And we're worrying about a few plastic straws. Let's get ourselves, you know... In gear, shall we please? Uh, exodus of the EU migrants. Yeah, 130,000 go back home. Highest level for a decade. 240,000 have come in. So we haven't kind of solved anything, have we, at all, really? And, uh, and the plastic straws. Mail are very excited by this. Eight and a half billion are thrown away every year. Who uses straws? Can I ask that simple question now? Have you, have you got straws? I don't even have straws at home. Fast food restaurants have straws. Make them take the cover off and pour it in your mouth. I suppose people have straws if you're having, you know, perhaps a Starbucks drink or something like that. Well, stop having straws. Just make them drink it normally. Get them to open their big mouths and shove it in there. Ridiculous. I don't know why we need straws. Never needed them at home before, did we? Uh, Steve, if I win £155 tonight, you're one of my recipients. Thank you. Yeah, I bet it'll be a big long list. And Holly says, the first and last time I went curling was in an open-sided but covered structure with old Mr. Grant of Grant's Whiskey. It was so long ago, there must be a new old Mr. Grant by now. I was frozen with a cold and wet right knee. Old Mr. Grant unscrewed the top of his walking stick and offered me whiskey. Yes, I've seen those uh, those canes before. Looks like quite a nice idea, doesn't it, really? (laughs) I think just a little bottle that you stick in your pocket is okay. I'm very excited, Steve. A couple of weeks ago, I bought some pills off the internet that said they'd make me look a lot younger and feel more useful. I'll have to tell you, they actually worked. I've now got acne. Well done, Phil. Uh, Minette in Tales of Two Cities. The only one I can think of. And then uh, somebody else says there's a British crime writer named Minette Walters. And, um, oh, right. So the book was serialised for TV and introduced Daniel Craig. And if she's still writing, says Jenny. And um, so a lot of people say, because I was questioning the name Minette. I hadn't heard of the name Minette before. Uh, Mal says, "Did you mention your father made a parachute jump, or he was in the parachute regiment? He was in the parachute regiment. Well, he was at one time. Then he went on to be uh, uh, ADC to uh, the governor of Hong Kong. <laughs> Makes it sound very posh, doesn't it? Really, very posh. ADC to the governor of Hong Kong. But he had on his uh, on his uniform, he had the parachute regiment badge. So I'm assuming he knew all about parachuting. Uh, Lee says, children use straws all the time. Do they? What for? just pour it into a cup like the rest of us. Take away straws, take away straws. The only thing we did straws was we used to fold them down at one end and push one into the other and then make a very big straw. And then you'd make like a necklace. No, just me again, I'm afraid. Uh, anyway, the good news is I'm going home. The good news is I'm going home before the weather turns. Want to make sure I've got a toboggan built in time for Monday. I wish you a very pleasant weekend. I'm sure you will have. I think it's going to be a a nice weekend. I see no reason why you shouldn't enjoy it as much as everybody else does. But if it does snow, and they've said Monday, although other people are saying to me now Thursday, Friday, I'm not really too sure about it. Apparently straws can prolong and save the integrity of your teeth by diverting sugary drink past your teeth and straight down the throat. Right, you're barred. It's that one. Can't bear people who try to be clever with straws. I mean, I don't They believe they get... That's just ridiculous. Get rid of straws. Get rid of straws. I use straws because I'm a dental nurse and it's better to drink acidic, sugary or fizzy drinks for a straw, says uh, says D. Louise. So it doesn't touch your teeth. You shall... You shall Useful dental factory on a Friday morning. Avoid decay. You shouldn't be drinking sugary or fizzy, fizzy drinks. Fizzy drinks. You should be drinking that kind of stuff. It's awful. I've got to go. Anyway, seriously. but uh, Have a nice weekend. We are back tomorrow morning. Best of Steve Allen. Between five and six and then in conversation. Between six and seven. And then I'm back on Sunday morning. Between five and seven with the Sunday papers. And then I'm back on Sunday evening at nine o'clock. There must be some point you can catch up with me. Please do. It's very, very useful for the career. Uh, Make sure you download the LBC app as well as listening to LBC wherever you are. You can now listen back to this and all of our other programmes from the last week for free on the catch-up feature. And you can do that to get my free podcast as well. On my little bit extra today, I'll be telling you who said what to whom at the uh, Brits after-show parties and questioning how the livers of Pip Schofield and Holly Willoughby are getting on, given how often they seem to be having nights out, getting tiddled. I'll also tell you why I might start driving in Richmond Park more often, plus you'll find out who's apparently helping plan the big royal wedding and even carrying Meghan's dress for the big day down the street. Yeah, right. My little bit extra is available very shortly, and it's totally free. Download the LBC app for iPhone or Android, tap catch-up, simple as that. At ten, it's James O'Brien, but next with breakfast, it's Nick Ferrari.